Hello everyone, it's Dave. Hey, I just want to do a little business before this gets started, as I usually do. It's been a little while since uh, we've had an episode, and I wanted to just check in and say I know that is the case. This one was recorded a while back when I had these three guys here in town and available to record. I've got more episodes lined up. There will be more episodes. They're just going to go according to my availability. Things have gotten really busy in my life, which is a good thing. Um, There's been a lot of stuff going on, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about. This episode is brought to you today by a new advertiser, and that advertiser is me. I have published a book on Amazon, and I want to tell you about it real quick. I've actually published four books on Amazon, but one of them is an actual book. The other three are screenplays. You've heard me say I'm a screenwriter. Three of my older screenplays have been published in ebook form on Amazon. But what I want to talk about is the actual novella that I have released. So there's a book called Wool by an author named Hugh Howie. Maybe you've heard of it. If you haven't heard of it, I suggest reading it. It's really cool. It's this post-apocalyptic sci-fi thing with people living in this underground silo and they don't know why they were there. He ended up writing a trilogy. It's really good. And then... He allowed people to write essentially fan fiction in the world of his story. And he set up a deal through Amazon's Kindle Worlds program to allow people to be able to do that and publish it and sell their work. So what I have done is I've written a book called Shadow Killer, which is a novella, essentially a very short novel. It's 23,000 words, which comes out to Amazon calls it 89 pages. So it's short, but it takes place in that same world as Hugh Howey's story. And people have done, there's a bunch of different stories in the Kindle worlds. They call it the silo saga. And some people kind of take their stories in wildly different directions from what the author originally created. I tried to set mine very much solidly within his world. I'd like to think that my story takes place adjacent to his story. This is the same world, the same people dealing with the same essential scenario. So at any point as I was writing my story, I'd like to think that characters could have overlapped with characters that were somewhere in Hugh Howey's. That being said, I do think you need to read Wool, the original story, to really get anything out of my story. The cool thing about Wool is the original Wool novella that Hugh Howey wrote is free through Amazon. If you have a Kindle, you can just download it for free. He has it up there as a essentially a loss leader. You can read that book, and then if you like it, which you, I assume you will, you can go ahead and buy the Wool Compendium, which is, I believe he calls it that, which is basically he wrote another series of short stories that were the continuation of that, and they became one book, and then he wrote one called Shift, which is a continuation of the story, and then Dust, which is finishing out his trilogy. Those you all got to pay for, but you can read the first short story that became this phenomenon for free. So I would suggest doing that. And then if you like it, please do buy mine. It's $1.99 and it would be a great way to support me. But you know what? I want you to read it because you want to read it. And hey, if you feel like reading some of the screenplays that I wrote 10 years ago, which is more more like horror and action kind of stuff, I'll talk about those at the end of the podcast. Those are up there too. They're also not expensive. So yeah. That's the advertisement for me for this episode. Also, all the guys that usually support me are still on board. We're still down with Motor. We're still down with Infinity Sauces. These guys are awesome. You should definitely check them out. Uh, I think we'll hear more from Motor before the end of this episode also. But yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. There will be more podcast episodes. There'll be more episodes of The Token Asian, my podcast with Matt. That's coming up. We've got a Star Wars film to watch and talk about. And yeah, lots more things. More books, too. There's stuff coming. All right, let's get to this episode. Thanks for listening. Here we go. 
All right, we have a strange situation today. We're just going to do this. Somehow, I ended up with three guys that have all been on the podcast prior, together in the same room, wanting to do another one. So, they're here. I'm looking at Mark Holcomb, Kinder, and Soda Rebellus. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Hi. What the hell is going on? I feel like this is like the uh, this is your version of like uh, like Saved by the Bell when they ran out of ideas they had Saved by the Bell college years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not out of ideas. It just this just happened, uh, I, I, which is <laughs> that, was, that was a cheap jab. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh no no, it's it's totally fine. I think Saved by the Bell jokes are totally uh, totally good. And before we get into what exactly this is, right before we started recording, something got said, and I think it should be in the podcast. So Soto, tell us what you were just talking about. Oh, I was just saying like. I mean, can anybody think of any rock and roll band from the beginning of rock and roll or punk, punk rock or hardcore, or whatever, from the beginning of rock and roll where every single original member is dead except the Ramones? The Ramones are the only dead band. Yeah, like where every single original member is dead. There's got to be a plane crash, and I know there's survivors for Leonard Skinner, but yeah. there shouldn't have been a plane crash? That's, there's got to be a, a lesser-known <laughs> band that all went down in the same Crazy. crash, right? I mean, the, the only thing I can think of that's close is, like, the Exploding Hearts. Ah, oh, that's rough. But but, but, but someone one, survived. The drummer was the surviving soul. All right. The drummer member. got it. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the drummer got something good. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think the drummer might pass on that one. If that's his... <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, sorry. That is rough. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I don't Soto think brought it, was... it up. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I know. Soto, Soto what are you oh, doing? Jeez. Killing the vibe already. Yeah, well, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> So what are we what are we doing here guys? We got we're all together. Kinder's in town. That's why this is able to come together. What are you doing? I just wanted to come up and hang out with my buddies and got this guy to the right of me and this guy to the left of me and hey. figured, hey, let's go. Let's and do it. We are recording this a couple of days after Mark's episode went live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that must have I, I know that you said having listened to the episode, there was some stuff you wanted to talk about based on that episode. Uh, yeah. Uh and we can do I mean, that. You know, I didn't get a lot of sleep. So what? Ask me a question. <laughs> well, hold on. Since we normally I start these these podcasts with saying I've known you too long. And then we try to figure out where we met. And I've done that now with each and every one of you. Right. And I've just known you longer. So, you know, that's not going to work. But I realized that Soto, you were here for Kinder's episode. Yeah. So you guys talked about how you met. But we don't know how Mark met the two of you. So oh, that's wow. that's what we'll have to yeah. do for this story. Okay. We know all of your child, you know, all the fights and the girls and whatever else, skateboarding Gosh. and all that shit, and first metal. I know you all listen to DRI. <laughs> <laughs> Always DRI. There's some stuff that was not talked about, though, that between with me and him, though. Well, we're going to have to yeah, get into yeah. that stuff. stuff oh, and I have kind about. of a surprise for a little bit. I'm going to throw something out that I think will surprise all of you. Okay. But we'll we'll wait. Let's. I think we should start with figuring out, Mark. How did you meet these guys, or who remembers? Because it's going to be. It's not like you may have met them on the same day, or you may have met them separately. So I got a story and theory about this, but I'll go after. Okay, so mine's yeah. a theory as well. I don't. I don't know, but I think Murph met you guys first, because to me there was all of a sudden the guys in you know fucking Mount Lake Terrace and yeah. Briar. And there's yeah. a crew. We I talk about this on my cast, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember specifically party hall days for sure but i don't remember a moment so me and spanky james we were he was we were skating at my house in mount lake terrace and like we lived we lived uh or 
my apartment complex was on 236 there and there was like a there's a barrier that separated Mount Lake Terrace to Briar literally a barrier like they closed the road off it wasn't a through street and I remember we went on the other side of the barricade and it was like these it was undeveloped woods like it was part of Honda Hills remember that yeah yeah and so like you go back there and you could just fuck around or whatever and we ran into these young kids like our age and the one of them had an X on his hand <laughs> and we're like what the fuck because <laughs> You know, not like Terrace in what nineteen eighty nine or ninety or something like that. Yeah. And we're like, what the hell? And like me and Spinky had just discovered hardcore. Like we were just like, it was all about Judge and all that shit. And and so we're like, what the hell? And we're like, yeah, we're in this. There was like three kids, and they're like, yeah, we're in this band called Refused. Was it Refused or Refused? Refused. Refused. Refuse. No yeah. D on the end. Jeez, yeah, got it. Well, everybody's going <laughs> shit now. But uh, yeah, Refused. And like, and we're just like, well, shit, we know you guys, like. Because we were in phase first, and we knew, but I can't, I was having this discussion with you yesterday, with Kinder yesterday, I can't remember who those kids were, and it wasn't you, and it okay. wasn't Murph. So maybe it was three kids, and one of those, like, what What were some of the original members? It'd be Joel, and yeah. a guy, a kid named Josh. So I think it was Josh. like, I think it was like one of the kids that wasn't in the band long. It was probably that kid Josh. Yeah. Uh, maybe kind of tall, skinny. Something Maybe like tall, that, yeah. Weird, but he, he likes... Um, I think he had, like, frosted tips did, or did, something. Was he carrying maybe. a bow and arrow? <laughs> <laughs> or crossbow? Yes, and he was dressed in a Link outfit. No. If it's his kid, yeah, he, he, did some, he was a funky kid, man. Well, if you're yeah. saying frosted tips, couldn't that be... Doesn't that, that make a little know, bit of an argument for Joel? Well, Joel's blonde. So yeah. why would he? Well, it, it just becomes well, that over time. On, that, back then, back then, that was the look. Plus, I mean, I'm thinking you, know, straight, you, you guys thing. were. I'm sorry if you guys were in your neighborhood. I'm also thinking that kid Josh lived. He would have been closer to Mount Lake Terrace. Murph would have been closer to Mount Lake Terrace. So that's why. Yeah. I would associate. Yeah, because Murph was up the street in Lake Forest Park. I remember that. He was right across the street from. Uh, was uh, it was the middle school that closed down? Yeah. On Ballinger Way. Okay, and then but yeah. So anyway, and then the first I remember the first time I actually met you. Okay. Was Washington Hall Chain of Strength was supposed to play? <laughs> oh, the Chain was, of Strength show that didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. And then Resolution was playing, or but like everybody from Brotherhood was there, so they went up and did a few songs. Oh, the Brotherhood, Brotherhood reunion. There's, yeah. I think there's video for that on YouTube. <laughs> the reunion in like 1989 or 90, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, Washington Hall, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow, I don't even. And, know about but this. that's I where I first. Remember. That's where okay. I first met you. I was about to say, I know I was. I was there, there with Spanky. <laughs> I I was you must have been there. I think I'm pretty sure you were there. Well, I, that's I, where I also first met Matt Matsuoka. Was at that show. <clears throat> oh, we're bringing all the podcasts yeah. in. So, Matsuoka was at that show. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He was at. Yeah, like it didn't matter. I mean, that, that's how it was back then, right? It was always weird. Well, yeah, you bills, went to like you went to every show. Cause... Yeah, you just went to every fucking show, especially when the all ages shit started happening because there weren't all age shows. Like yeah. so, when Washington Hall, like Fagazi was the first show I saw all ages. Like in Seattle proper. Before that was Natasha's on Bremerton. And that was so wait, Fugazi came through and played a smaller show. And then they came back again on the repeater tour? No, no, this is the thirteen songs tour. This is like nineteen eighty nine. Smaller. Pat Dubar. Because they did a big they did a Bellingham show and a show at the Lake City Theater. That was years later. That, that, was, was, that was that was repeater. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed yeah, when repeater, repeater just yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or March was it repeater or March? Yeah, it was, you're right, repeater, because it was either yeah, just I, after I, I, it was, I, I think it was like, a tour from that. I actually have the video from that entire show at Lake City on my computer. Yeah, I someone just saw sent me a yeah, sent yeah. a link to it. I didn't put it up DJ anywhere, actually but actually sent me the link to it. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. But anyway, um, what was it like? And someone who we haven't had on the show for for a long time, Michael and Jerome, was also at that show. 
But she's not in the house right now to come talk about it. She would come running in here if she knew we were talking about the Fugazi show. (laughs) That was an awesome show. That was killer. That was, uh, yeah, and all the guys from Uniform Choice were in the audience, which is weird. Wait, oh, is that right? The oh, wait, you're talking, about the, you're talking about Washington Hall? No, Washington Hall. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was in Bellingham. I didn't get up for that. I didn't get up for that yeah. show. I thought they played that show. No, 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 no. They were in Man, the audience I thought for that show. Dubar's new band. No, it was Be Happening every fucking time. No, that's for Peter. That was, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Be Happening <laughs> opened up every Fugazi show. Every, every, every time, time they played Fugazi it. show. So, so 1007 <laughs> is like the beat happening for Jawbreaker. Yeah. Yeah, 1007 was rough. <laughs> well, I'm just pot calling, you know, pot calling the kettle black. We, it was like we, except for one time, I think you. we opened up for Jawbreaker every time yeah, we they did. came to town, except yeah. for the first time. I think the first time it was Jawbreaker and Econo Christ. It was oh. Jawbreaker at the party hall. That was the first Ten- time, unfun tour. Yeah. I interviewed him there that night. I've got fun. And 1007 played that show too, but you and I were not in 1007 at the time. Yeah. This is the role of film that I shot at that show. We'll have to look at that later. Oh, yes. It's going to go Does up it, on yeah. a nobody's nose. Does it have a date? Because because under uh, well yeah Undertow I guess we did our West Coast run with Jawbreaker so I'm trying to figure out <laughs> I don't did I know them at that point um no 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 this is just I think this is I mean Unfun, Unfun I had just like, bought Unfun at Fallout the week before maybe eighty eight no. no this is ninety okay 91. so if it was the week before no then we we saw them after because I know oh guys hey. we're gonna be able to answer all these questions okay. about when shows happen in a little while once I bust out my uh, my secret weapon. Oh, okay. I thought I was thinking maybe one hour photo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's not even where those came from. I was thinking your secret weapon might be um, the end of the cult. No. We're gonna ask this dude. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, hold on. So Can we, we skip? Uh, let's. Okay. We'll get to it. Mark is <laughs> chomping at the bit to to. I mean, I ch- ch- I don't mind even saying that expression, right? It's not chomping at the bit, but that's what I say. Um, I think that's what you say. Chomp. No, there's a there's another. It's a. I think it's a commonly misused phrase. Mm. But um, there's it's something else. It's it's a word we don't use. Something else that starts with ch. But he wants to talk about the cult. We're gonna talk about the okay. cult. I love the cult. Yeah, but we're no. going to. But where did you? Okay, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Did you all decide it was at that Washington Hall show? I could see that. Well, so I mean, my memory. I don't know if it's party hall or if it's Washington Hall, but I remember we. It was Spanky, you and I, mm-hmm. standing outside waiting for a show to happen, and then you see all these guys, and it ended up it was re. What was the band that Ron was in? Resolution. Resolution. I almost said Refuse. <laughs> it was Resolution walking up with all the Undertow kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Who are these? You know, like, that's the first time I remember seeing everybody. And there would have been a bit of a uniform. Yeah. Everyone kind of <laughs> looked like they were on the same team. And so I was like, you know, we I felt like we were the odd men out. You know, but everybody was really cool. So, yeah. It was right. It was really right at the beginning of that building phase. So I'm sure Ron was pulling it all together. Yeah. And it was Bauer was in the band. Resolution had two singers, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Brian Bauer was yeah. singing for Resolution. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's how crap my memory is. That's wow. that's great because <laughs> I've got a million Bauer stories that I won't say, but um, <laughs> I think he's fantastic. I've got great Bauer. Everybody's got great Bauer stories oh, if you've been around him for any yeah. amount of time, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> One guy is just giving a funny look and being quiet, so maybe not everybody. I don't has. really know Brian Bauer that well. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Just I mean, that I you should know. Was older. The, you should know oh. the story. Like some of the stories are so great. You know, I, I'll tell I'll tell you some stories, and I mean, then you you'll feel like you know him or want like. He put out a Harry Dean Stanton seven inch, and it's Harry Dean Stanton's first musical release. He's done other releases since. Who's Harry wow. Dean? 
Harry Dean Stanton? You know, he no. died. He was the old-looking guy that died in Alien, and then he was Muller oh. Ringwald's dad in Pretty in Pink. Wow. He's Really? He was also in um, a lot of other good stuff. That, what was still that? Around. Red Dawn. He was in Red Dawn. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. he's the dad. Wow. Yeah, definitely. He's Fantastic. An awesome <laughs> character actor. Bauer got to know that guy, and that guy, I guess, told him that he had music. That he, you know, no, he had never released it. So Bauer on RX Remedy, Bauer had put out the Harry Dean Stanton. That's seven, just, awesome. It's, that is cool. Aw, it's crazy. totally great. Oh. So that that Bauer's the kind of guy that can get actors to release music on, on their record label. <laughs> so he's got some pull. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> always, the fact, always has. The fact that Soto didn't know who Harry Dean Stanton was kind of bummed me out a little bit right now. I no, no, he did. He just didn't I, recognize yeah, I just that. Don't, I'm terrible at names. We're talking about hardcore dudes, and then we throw out this yeah. elderly actor. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just bad with names. Yeah. Okay, scrub toad. <laughs> dip cone. Harry Dean Stanley. He was, he was in GBH. Oh wait, what was? Why do you guys dip cone. Dip, dip cone. cone. <laughs> this is great. Let's. Uh, so, Mark uh, told us all about a new uh, a new name for people. Yeah, you can. Uh, I did not come up with it, but uh, a fellow did, and uh, yeah, he might have been in Bon Jovi, and at a point, and, yeah, he his insult to you is calling you a dip cone, dip cone, and he's like a schizophrenic homeless dude, and he's insane, and there's sort of funny parts about it, but yeah, he called our manager at work, you know, you're a dip cone, and we all started laughing. Our manager then threw him out because he's angry, and we're like, oh, that dude, I don't even know what that means. Uh, but um, and we and then now he comes back in the store again, right? And and we call him Dipcone. All the homeless people that we have issues with at our store have nicknames. Like there's Bad Santa and there's uh, Dipcone, and I mean they've all got names. But yeah, Dipcone became. You're acting like a Dipcone right now. I don't know what it means. Now, assuming that there's not an urban dictionary, you know, version of what Dipcone. I mean, he's so crazy. I just went with like I'm thinking of an ice cream cone. Right. Well, that's what we were saying. We could you could. <laughs> You could tell kids to use that as a thing to yeah. call their friends. It's not a real curse word they get away with, and it sounds kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. you, could, you could make the meaning whatever you want. So yeah, I'm sure. It's oh, all in the inflection. So are you looking it up? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing if that was really a. It's gonna be a real thing. Dairy Queen is a top result. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was just calling the guy like an ice cream cone. Dairy, Dairy right. Queen is a potentially more offensive thing to call someone than a dip cone. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't all there. Hasn't been for years. Let's see if I type it. Fantastic dresser. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm thinking that's a great spot. That Washington Hall Brotherhood reunion, so, sort of. It there wasn't was a, some... It wasn't a full blown reunion, right? It just. Well, that's they... what I'm wondering. Was Greg was Greg involved in that reunion? I think so, but I I don't okay. know. So there is. Do, urban, you didn't play guitar. There's an urban dictionary. <laughs> Wait, hold on. There's an urban dictionary oh, of dip no. cone. What does it say? <laughs> Probably sexual. The, the term refers to a woman's breasts when she has very large areola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The woman has kind of ruined it. Quote, I know. Quote dip cones when her breasts become very saggy and droopy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's called still an insult, I guess. That's somewhat resembling that of a dipped ice cream cone. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so that's. <laughs> this is going to be an epic. O- over the years, I've heard a lot of different versions of that. I've never heard dip cone. I don't think any kid. Yeah. If if a kid comes home and says Jimmy called me a dip cone, the mom's not going to be like, <gasps> and like you know, clutch her at her you know chest because she's offended. Maybe. <laughs> that seems like a stretch. Hey, hey, see what I did there? Okay. <laughs> Damn, now I probably got to leave it in. Like just for that. Friday, yeah. hanging on a nail. What? Oh, <laughs> this is going downhill fast. Yeah, this has it. first five minutes. <laughs> so Thanks. this is what happens when you get four dudes in a room. I... 
I guess this is the place where things go wrong, if you want to know what the number is. Because everyone's been pretty well behaved until this day. I keep thinking I'm going to edit stuff out, and I'm just not. I'm just not going to do it. Let it roll, buddy. Let it roll. (laughs) All right. Let it rip, Soto. Go for it. At least 10 more downloads or something. Mark, Hmm. did you see on Facebook where um, where I was promoting the podcast? I put the picture of the kid smearing the ice cream cone all over his face. I don't, I don't remember. I'll look you it should up. go on there and see because I, I linked your name to it. It just reminded me a little bit of your Snickers bar story. <laughs> oh, That's okay. okay. <laughs> so definitely anybody oh. that doesn't understand what that image is all about, just listen to Mark's story about swimming when he was young. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and so we what did the podcast three months ago, four months ago? <laughs> no, it just came out. No, I know. Yeah, you oh, and I recorded. I'm, I'm, a few, okay. You and I recorded. A few months ago, and I, we have no idea when this one's coming. You said out, you so. wanted Matt to draw a, a rendition. I did. I I have not commissioned Matsuoka yet. Okay, but it would be the sort of thing that because I kind of forgot about it. The I had whole he's going to hide a dick in there somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yes. about right. Matt Matsuoka yes. hides hides phalluses <laughs> in most of the things that I, he draws. I didn't even know about this, but and I think it's okay to say because we've kind of said it. But I didn't know anything about that. And I know he was doing the flyers for <laughs> Redman Y, and he you could fold them up like Mad Magazine, and I knew that yeah. that much. So it was exciting to get it and see like what has he done? I never saw the one. There was one with a bunch of dicks in it. Well, there was just one that was just a dick. <laughs> oh, I don't and see. He said, I missed out on some and then shit, the, man. The, the the idea was I don't know that he's ever admitted to it. I, I think he may have admitted to it on this podcast. I don't know, but um, I'd have to go back and listen. We may have even put the picture of the thing up on the. Uh, up on the website, but yeah, you fold it in this like real organic looking. It was a gazebo with a bunch of little animals like playing music. Yeah, when you fold it together, it just resembled something if you were of a certain mindset. And one of the parents came in because she had been of that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> she had mad libbed it. That's no, hilarious. not mad libbed. What were they called? What was it called when you fold it? I can't remember. They were mad libs. They it's were from Mad Magazine, but yeah, the hell's a mad fold. All right, whatever. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> the cult. Let's talk about the cult. Let's talk about the cult. You want me to get into it? Get into it, man. Because these, talk... these two don't know. You guys don't know about they, the... They... Go for it. Oh, no. Mark explained that at the end of Love Removal Machine, Ian Astbury, saying it right. He, I, just got the, <laughs> I just got the white power sign from Mike. Or from <laughs> Hold on. Wow. Sorry. What oh, is going geez. on, dude? <laughs> I just got the white power sign from Mark. <laughs> the, this is the yeah. Okay. Now the OK sign is white power man. That's a W and a P. Don't you see it? It's a W and a P. It's wow. okay. Apparently, I, it so means okay. People on the alt right okay, okay. will say that they did this. They started using the OK sign and saying that it was a racist symbol because it was a W and P to make fun of liberal cucks who thinks everything is racist. Except now. Actual shitty alt right racist do that sign. Oh. So that's well, how you know. Thanks for the heads up. Man. Now you got to know. Yeah. Well, I, can you go like tell, tell John to quit doing it in pictures? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thumbs up, still cool though, right? Thumbs up is fine for now. Bonds. No, it's says <laughs> stereo is working. Listen, guys. Everything we think is okay will at some point come back to bite us. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be anything we're going to be able to do about it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to get this out. Uh, so at the end of, you guys are both cult fans yes. I, and I remember the podcast talking about, you know, I love, uh, cult electric and, and for me personally, I'm like, I, I like love better, but those two records are the only ones I like. I don't like the other ones, oh. but I fucking love the cult. And at the end of love removal machine, 
he he yells a word right before they go into breakdown. Like, I, I, we almost should have played this before coming in or having this conversation. Yeah, I don't have the licensing rights for uh, it, so uh, people yeah. can go check oh, it out I'm themselves. In the kitchen or something. Oh yeah. So because <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right. He yells this word, and for years I've been trying to fucking figure out what it is, and it's not, you can't find it on the internet. It's right before he starts singing, look out, here she comes, at the end. The music right? changes up. Yeah. And look out, here she comes. Right. So right before that, after he sings, love me, move machine, there's a thing he yells, and it is not what the lyrics say it is. I think he yells, boogado. <laughs> Listen to it, dude. <laughs> he goes, boogado. And then, you know, there's like a... Look out, here she comes. But I think it, it, he's, it's, it's ooh yeah. It's ooh yeah in the lyrics. And he does not nope. say ooh yeah. So I think what he did was like burped like in the studio. Like something <laughs> happened. Like And when they went back to listen, they're like, ah, oh, that sounds cool. And no one will know what it is. There's got to have been a studio mistake. That I'm, they just, just I'm just hoping in. to get an answer, but I, I've got to, well, we, I don't know whether no. I should repeat. With all of the musicians cast. that we know, is there no one that can track down somebody in the cult? I have a friend who is <laughs> fucking Ben Davis cuts his hair, cuts, and Ben really? will, Ben will not get this answer. <laughs> you know, Ben's like, ben, dude, you're being a dick. <laughs> ben, come on, take one for the team, on, man. Ben. I would really, I would love. I just want to know, man. And we talked about, it and I was like, I don't even think knowing the answer. Actually, after the baby says, incident, Ooh, no. I think Ben. Owes oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, baby Ruth. Time to hear it. Oh my God, another candy bar story. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man. All right. Oh, this is why we're doing this. Okay. Okay. Well, this, if you're gonna, if, if, if you gotta lean in. Let's hear. Okay. So you guys were in a band called Dempsey. Yep. And it was who were all the members of the band? Me, Eric, um, Damien, and uh, Ben Davis. Okay. Very good. Three people who've been on the podcast. Ben Davis. Maybe someday we'll see. Yeah, dude, dude, he's he, he's excellent, man. You'll get. Some I would good love to. I just I don't know if he's I'm fantastic. in contact with him. So. Storyteller too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he, he still comes up every once. I'll come. To, I'll go down there. I got a whole bunch of people down there to get. Oh, word, man. He I, if, get if, get him. If like, you get, get him, him on the get show, Bauer, you know. Oh yeah. But if you get him on the show, you have to get one of those travel um, luggage racks. For him <laughs> oh, wait, wait. When you go to a hotel, oh, dude, that's a good story. Yeah. Think, okay. Did, did you guys not tell that? I don't think we did. But uh, okay. when you, when we're you go to Baby hotel, Ruth and like, luggage yeah, rack. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which one is first naturally? Baby Ruth. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that was before ten oh seven went on tour. I can't remember. No, no it was after. Was after. But was you, after. you started, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, and, and jump in with me when you uh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. So I go to uh, we do Dempsey. Um, I go to Europe. We had kind of picked out the layout for the record. I come back. And Be clear. If, with, use your words. Undertow went to Europe. Undertow went to Not Europe. Not Dempsey. Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we just had a miscommunication. That, we did. Um, this yeah. whole thing was screwed up. Everybody got to a different place at a different time. Okay. Yeah. Undertow goes to Europe. Come back. Uh, I, I open up the records. I don't know if <laughs> Michelle was there. Ben, I don't think Ben was there. You might have been there. I feel like there was another person in the room that was like, I cannot wait to see the look on fucking Mark's face. How oh. mad is he going to fucking get? Or is he going to laugh this one off? I was scared. I, w- I was like, you- <laughs> this is excellent. Cause, I'm uh, now understanding Dan- what this is. Dan Dean put this together. I know what this and is. And Dan Dean's like, I didn't want to do it. You are and opening up specifically. What are you opening up? Our, our brand new CD. It's the clamshell the Dempsey of the CD. CD. Yep. And underneath the jewel tray that you put the CD on, you can see a faint picture. Right, because there's not, it wasn't a clear Correct. bottom. It was just a regular black yeah, jewel. Yeah, and then trays. there was the insert 
for the back of the CD is behind it. But there's a photo on the inside. So just in that little hole you see around the spindle, so, you see something looking out. If you're curious about what that is, you'll pop the little <laughs> jewel case out. What is it? It's a fucked up photo <laughs> of Mark when he's super awkward little like four, fourth grader. Yeah, I had a, I had my fourth grade photo at like our house because it cracks me up and, and, and go but, for it. But what they did was they edited it so it looked so he looked more like baby ruth from sloth from sloth <laughs> from goonies from the goonies so he just looks like his face is all fucked up and wrecked and eyeballs in different areas yeah, and he moved one of my teeth yeah and one of my teeth is long tooth, <laughs> tooth is is it's, longer yeah it's, i thought it was actually really funny well plus for but anybody if you know that... mark the, the way i looked at it i was like <laughs> Whatever I do to you will be visited tenfold upon my head. Which suffer no fools, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having it. So, so are, are you still man. are you still waiting to get them back, or have you gotten them back? Yeah, because well, then we did a split. Did we do a split? Or we? Yeah, we did the split with. Um... Oh, oh uh, kill the holiday. Kill yep. holiday. Uh, un yep. Unbroken guys. I still have one of the CDs unopened. Yeah, we didn't. Ben recorded it on this. Uh, we didn't give him credit on the record. <laughs> I did not tell him, so he got the same surprise. He's like opening it up because we. I think. I think me and Ben had talked, and we were like, "Wow, we're actually kind of improving." You just kicked him out of the band for a record. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even think we put a photo of him in there. I think it's just the three of us. And yeah, he so he gets a record. And he's like, "Wow, you know, I, this is like the third record I've been on, or whatever." So that's precious to you. That is rough. And he's like, "Wait, dude, where's where's my name?" <laughs> there's not even a fucked up like, photo of me. Yeah, I, I was I'm like, just yeah, not there. "There's not a photo of you, dude. You are a ghost." Uh, remember, remember the baby Ruth thing? How fucking funny you thought I would think it was. Well, <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Hey, back so, I, I actually was in the band, and I don't remember half of this, but. I do remember now visually seeing that and being like, oh, f I wasn't involved at yeah. all. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, dude, you just, Mark's going to fucking get you. I remember being at the Kinko's on Broadway and Dan Dean showed that to me before they actually put it. To, and I was like, holy shit, dude, like, that's not going to go over well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious now. Granted, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Granted, 10 people got that CD. A few people probably, probably like eight of them actually looked. So. I was going to say four are in the room right <laughs> yeah. now. So it's not, it's not you don't it. really have anything to worry about. No. But, but if anybody yeah, has the Dempsey CD and doesn't know what we're talking about, go pull the tray. Take a look. You'll see it. It's there. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah if you got it, you can, you can, if, if you don't have it, I'll give, give you one. Cause I'm sure we still have 50 or 60 <laughs> sitting in a case. So you can post it up. But yeah, that, that was kind of rough. Cause I also remember thinking like, why was there not at least one person who thought, put a stop to it? So this goes back to Ben Davis, because every single person was like, mm, I don't know about this, dude. I don't know. Michelle knew about it, my, my ex-wife, and you guys all knew her. Uh -huh. And uh, she's like, mm, God, I don't, he's not going to like that. Dan Dean was like, dude, I'm making it, and I feel uncomfortable. And I know that it, there's like laughter involved, because it is, it's fucking hilarious for it. If it's not you, but when it's you, you're mad. But I do remember that there were so many people being like, you know, that, was, uh, that he's gonna, he's gonna. That was a dip cone it. move. It was a dip cone move, and he was like, oh, I just think it's fucking funny. I'm doing it. So yeah, he did it. All right, that's. that's I I knew there was a story there. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever heard it. God, I'm trying to. I remember when it came out though. I, you know, I know we talked about it back in the day and then I ended up actually living with Ben for like three years. He was, he was living in my place when I was in Europe. So, I mean, oh. we're, we're still, 
we're still real good, but I got it. We for three years. We must have, me getting drunk and him, it, he it must have come up. And I'm like, wow, I can't remember having a conversation. of like, you know what, dude? That was a real fucking dip con move. <laughs> I, I, to, in his defense, I would assume because you guys were so close at that time and you were living together. Yeah. Maybe that's why he felt like he could get away with it. But yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a bad move, dude. Don't do it. Yeah, no, I think it was it was all out of like just fun and jest and uh, I mean I yeah bad. <laughs> okay, so let's since we're there, let's uh-huh. hear about the the luggage rack, and then we're gonna stop. We're gonna do a break. We'll get a word from our sponsor, and then we'll go on to the second part. So what's this uh, luggage rack story? Okay, so this is ten oh seven is on tour, and we had been out on tour I think for like four and a half weeks at this point on a six week tour, and we're um. We're all getting extremely gross from being on the road and living in a van. You you reminded me of another story, and I'm going to oh. forget it. So go on, go on, go, go. So if anyone who's ever been on tour, you start to realize, like, things that you take for granted at home start to, like, you just, like, I don't care. I didn't shower. Uh, I didn't brush my teeth. Things like that become more and more prevalent when you get on tour for longer. So we're doing all this kind of gross shit. And we get to Sioux City, Iowa. We're driving through and we break down. And we're in the Lefebvre's van that we had borrowed. No, I think I owned it at that point, didn't I? I, I, I can't remember. But anyhow. No, no, no. We were borrowing it. That's, yeah, that was. We so took we. The van and Tom Lefebvre's collateral. I had to ask Mr. Lefebvre <laughs> if we could borrow their van for the, the family van for the tour. Sure. And I said, as collateral, we'll take your son Thomas with us. Which makes no which sense. Which means it's more likely that the van will come back. Right. It's, it's like a good faith deposit. Anyhow, so we've been on tour forever. And now. somehow that worked. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. But we're about five weeks in, so we get to this. We break down, we drop the drive shaft, and none of us know what to do. So we get towed, and this van sits in a a, a garage for like five days. So we're we were forced to break down and, and rent a motel because we didn't have any friends there or any money. So Matt Matsuoka has a credit card, so he gets this motel, and there's nothing for these little eighteen year old. You know, we're we're like fifteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and Matt Matsuoka was like twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing for us to do there. We can't relate to anybody. There's no vegetarian food. Nothing. I mean, there's no internet, no cell phones. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we're walking around town and stuff. I come back and it's dusk <laughs> and I see Ben and he just hung a plastic bag on the outside of the door. <laughs> and as I'm approaching, I hear him go, hey, man, I got you some fruit. I left it on the door. So I come, you know, like. Closer and closer and closer, and I didn't think anything. I'm I am kind of naive in some ways, so I go like this to open the bag and like look down, and it's fucking turd. <laughs> this guy has taken a turd in a plastic bag and hung it on the door. And of course, I took a breath as I'm opening. And I'm, but the, it's even better if you know Ben Davis too, because you yeah. can picture him. <laughs> Well, so what ended up transpiring... I got you some fruit. What transpired outside of my frame of reference was that we were in a motel, so it had a, a cot mm-hmm. that's specifically you fold it out and you put your luggage on it. Right, right. So it's got those little strips. Mm-hmm. So he sat down on that, parted the strips, and took a dump into a bag 
in front of like, like uh, Tom. As you do. In front of all of us. As you do. I was the only one not privy to this information. And I was like, you motherfucker. Also, no one had video cameras or anything no. on your... There wasn't any way to capture all this wonderful... No, you would have had those little um, disposable cameras and I don't even... Think no, that would have been those. still photos, but you wouldn't have gotten... No, like no one footage of this. This should be on YouTube. And, <laughs> we have our memories. And we'll always have the memory of the sound of the plastic bag. When, <laughs> turd, <laughs> when the turd arrived in the plastic bag. Oh, God. But yeah, he got me good. No, I almost always, threw up in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, I, so oh. he did like his pranks. Oh, I have a real yeah. quick question for you guys before we go to a break. Sure. Um, you guys were two weeks behind us on tour, on U.S. tour. I think we would like write on your flyers like "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, or, we were we were ahead of you, so we knew we could always do stuff. And I think maybe we lost the pranks at a certain point. But um, uh, do you remember this at all, Dave? No. We would see flyers and be like, "Oh, ten oh seven's playing here." In two the, weeks, it was the, we I think it was the following year. No, no, it was the same time, like two or three weeks behind. Because I remember ten oh seven. I wasn't on the tour with them. It was ninety four. Are you sure? It was not. We toured the U.S. in '93. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was '93. It's like right. I feel like you were there, Dave. It was like it was. So we had just. I had graduated high school, and been out of high school for a year. So I had been in 1007 for a year because I think I joined 1007 in May of '92, hmm. and I just remember that because it was right. I was just about to graduate, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna join this band." Friends, from- we're gonna be able to possibly solve some of this question in a minute. <laughs> But when we come back from break, but uh, I was home when Ten O Seven was on tour. But and... I, I, vague, I do remember people telling us, "Hey, you know, these guys in Undertow had a message for you," and it, <laughs> it'd be like, you know, I don't, I don't remember. Hang in what it there, was. buddy. Yeah, <laughs> the South is kind of rough. Oh, you know what? But now yeah, there, there are things. Definitely... That, now there are things that are screwing this up. <laughs> I was just, I was wondering. Because... That is crazy. They toured more. 1007 broke up after that tour, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, eh, fuck this shit. But Undertow, I think, did another U.S. tour. Yeah, we did. Wow. So, in my car, instead of the van. Wow, in your car? Oh, yeah, our van, our van was broke around down for a while after the uh, LP came out. I moved down to, we were recording the LP at Reciprocal. Yeah. Or Word of Mouth, whatever it was called yeah. at the time. I moved to, to Seattle in December of 92. That didn't even get sent in to be released with Dutch East for, I mean, that wasn't out in summer 93, was it? Yeah, it was. But yeah. I think we broke up not too long after that tour. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, you'd think I was, I'd know actually, but I, I guess I don't. We, I'm don't getting really talked. confused. Everything's compacting. 93 and 94 is compacting together. No. In, yeah. That was the Did, album came out summer of 93. And okay. Then, yeah. I remember recording it. I was living with my brother in Bothell. And then when I came back from that tour, I was living on Capitol Hill again. Uh, that was that was '94. I remember that vividly. Okay, like I, I, have, I don't remember them being behind us yeah, and leaving stuff for them. Like I, August or September of '94. Well, that's why I wanted to ask because I don't know. I know we knew that they were behind us. I don't think that we like every flyer we did something. So I was curious if like maybe I put something up and Damien <laughs> put something up and you guys like got burned. But I think there was the occasional hey guys, you know, have be safe or that was it was actually Spark Marker and Undertow. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. But then there's also the one other last thing this is a Matt Matsuoka story. And I don't know if we <laughs> talked about it, but we, this is before we broke down. We went from Chicago. We played in Chicago and Soto was the only dissenting member. He's like, no, I want to stay. And we were all like, 
we're going back to Fort Smith, Arkansas, because we all had a good time there. Because there were girls. Yes. Yeah. Ben Ben Davis and I, I both so hooked up with so twin pissed. sisters. And they were beautiful, <laughs> young Southern girls. Say so. Did anyhow, they trick you and switch? No. Okay. <laughs> but anyhow, That's it was a- all it was all PG, too. You know, I was 18 years old. It was PG. But anyhow, we leave Chicago, and we're driving all night. And I've been up all day, played a show, showered, been up all night, and like, Seven o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh my God, I'm falling asleep. I took some no-dos. We're driving. Matt took a sleeping pill. So he's asleep, getting his all eight hours of his sleeping beauty. And I'm talking to Tom Lafave, who's in riding shotgun. I say, Tom, I'm I'm getting sleepy. You need to talk to me to keep me awake. And he's like, Okay. But he's also going to private high school, so he's got to read five books over the summer. So he's, he forgets and he starts reading. I fall asleep at the wheel in the fast lane and go off the fucking freeway. Wow. Into a, a median median grass that's median, grass yeah. median that, you know, probably had like a 35 or 40 degree angle mm-hmm. to start with. And then it levels out. And of course, <laughs> you know, once we started tipping, I was like, Oh fuck, I'm waking up not knowing what the hell is happening. So I immediately Ooh. slam on the brakes. Matt Matsuoka goes, Phew! Oh yeah. Through the air. I'm pretty sure he, t- he talked about this on his podcast. I know this story has come up. <laughs> But bear he in mind, so pissed. Matoka and I had to record his episode three times. So I remember three <laughs> full episodes oh, wow. of this podcast of Matt stories, but only one actually got published. So oh, wow. I don't know if that story actually made it up. But yeah, so I so just he remember can, he comes I, off the, the, the back like Mark did to me. Yeah, we never got to it because I got too tired. We'll get to it. <laughs> but yeah, so he, <laughs> he flew off the loft over the, the middle chair, hit the two captain's chairs pretty hard yeah and went straight down to the floor to the bell housing of the engine no that's in between the no okay this is all right no hold on you guys had the same argument on your episode so this did get told because you explained what he hit and then you you said bell housing and then you went no no but that's that's total i know anyone listening to this podcast they've heard that story but it's it's just pretty amazing look on his face is still etched in my mind because he had super bed hair and like you know, just crazy Matt Matsuoka looking up at you like, what did you do to me? I'm fucking pissed. And I'm like, dude, you're lucky you're alive. We're all lucky we're alive. I fell asleep. But anyhow. Did and you guys know this happened to Dave? No. no. Yeah, Mark almost killed me doing almost exactly the same Making thing. The fucking exact same story. Like, I... Do you remember why you slammed on the brakes? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> there was train train tracks. Nope. Oh. Yeah, man. <laughs> nope. There were just, train tracks. No, I was, uh, well, possibly. Okay, I was I was basically asleep, so You're maybe not, I don't you remember. Might, you, might, you might have been knocked out. I don't know. Well, I was I was bleeding from my head after this had happened. So uh, we were following rough. two other vans. It was definitely yeah. a spark marker, and I think it was Brian Hill. Yep, and trying to get back late at night. Oh, Brian, it's, it's like it's like an hour. Yeah, Brian's like it's two hours away, man, and we're driving for three and a half. You know, pulling up next to him, being like, "What? We're so tired. What the fuck?" And he's like, "Just another two hours." Yep. And so we always called him two hours for yeah. years. <laughs> And, um, and so we're driving, I'm, I'm the last one in and it's just, um, Ryan, the singer spark marker and me in the van and Dave up in the loft and we're chatting. Oh, I thought Damien was in there too. No. Okay. Uh, he, no, he, he might've been sitting there. Cause I thought he remembered this. I think it was just the three of us. Okay. I remember. So we, we, they run a yellow light and it's like two in the morning and I know I'm going to hit the red and I'm like, do I go through it? Yes. And then go, wait a second. We're going to get, we could possibly get T-boned. Don't do this. Yeah. Nobody's in the van except for me and Ryan because I forgot you were up there asleep. <laughs> I'm asleep on the loft. He has yeah. no idea. So I, I slam on the brakes and everything <laughs> comes flying forward. <clears throat> there are blankets and sleeping bags and maybe some merch. 
And oh, oh yeah. And, oh no, no. There was a lot of stuff on me. But, Bags. Like well, we <laughs> didn't. We didn't remember you were up there. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I can't. So I, I, I flew <laughs> off of the loft asleep, head first, and and upside down and head first, face first. So I almost flipped, and I hit. I went between the two, so I hit the dash, where the bell housing, as you'd say, oh. the van wasn't quite the same. But I, it was. I hit hard on the back of my head, and then everything was coming behind me. So I'm lucky I didn't like break my <laughs> neck or back. Also, like, Jesus. like you know that thing they say you're not supposed to do, like where you throw your head over your, you know? Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. I hope you don't. You really seem to know what I'm talking about. You know, teenage boys get found dead this way all the time. It's yeah. really awful. Okay. So it's okay, Marky, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just imagine. Okay. Anyway, so I'm upside down with my legs over my head and uh, everything's on top of me and I'm knocked out basically. And so the first thing I remember is Mark screaming, Dave. So you figured it out. Okay. So then you were definitely knocked out because... Okay, everything comes flying forward. Yeah, I look over at Ryan. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, but we, you know, had hitting a red light, we could get T-bone. He's like, dude, you totally made the right decision. Totally made the right decision. And I'm like, okay, good. You know, uh, you know, cool, man. Uh, all right, we'll okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll hit the lights and we'll make sure they know we've stopped behind him. It felt like that long before so you we got... realized you were next to us because <laughs> there was so much shit on top of you. Totally. Was... And all of a sudden, I hear. Oh my back! Oh, you know, that's and that happened. both me and Ryan are like, oh, "Holy shit!" He just went flying off the loft, and we were lit. Like I was, yeah, I was scared, Dave. I was like, "Oh, I could tell." I was like, "We gotta go to the fucking hospital." You, you, you'll remember I didn't really lord this over you too much because you were scared. Oh, I thought I could have killed you. Absolutely. Well, well, no. Okay, so I fully had a concussion. Like, there's just no <laughs> doubt about it. Like. I was, and did we did not go to the house when we, not, we <laughs> yeah. went to the house. We were saying, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Here's the thing. Okay. People, I learned one lesson. The person that's hurt, we, this wasn't the first time we did this on the tour. We talked about this with John getting blown up by the skinheads. Yep. The person that gets hurt bad saying they're fine or they feel better. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't listen to them. They got to go on the side of caution. But I did wake up. I pretty much slept the whole next day. You know, wow, like, such a bad idea like people that have hit their head are supposed to do. They're supposed to get a lot of sleep, right? Isn't that what I always heard? Mm -mm. No. Okay. No, I, not I know. To go to sleep. Yeah. So at some point at Kids. that house <laughs> in wherever we were at, I, I was able to wake up, but I did. I remember reaching back. My hair was very short. It was just starting to grow out from a buzz cut. And I reached back and I was picking crusted blood off the back of my, like out of my hair, like the next day after I woke up. So I'd been bleeding too, and I didn't I know. Idea you're upside down too. <laughs> that makes it even gnarlier. Yeah, that happened. Wait, let's do that. All right, that's on that note. Let's do a word from our sponsor. What is Motor? Motor is a ride hailing app. You can download the app at RideMotor.cc. It's one of the more cost-efficient services in the Seattle area. Uh, we serve everywhere from Everett to Tacoma. Uh, we're reaching out, covering all the Western Washington soon, all the way from Bellingham down to Olympia. Is this associated with Black Crown? It's a completely different service now. This is based on the ride-sharing concept. Drivers own their own cars. They're all independent contractors. So it kind of formed out of the ashes of Crown. How does a person use your service? By downloading the app. If you go to the website, ridemotor.cc, you can download the app right there, uh, iPhone or Android. It's all right there in the app. A couple taps of the button. You can reserve. You can order on demand. No surge pricing. Awesome drivers. We're at like 40% women drivers, which is like a first in the industry. It's pretty cool. And we're back. <laughs> I promised you guys I had something. I think this is the first time I may have made mention of this before, but it's the first time I'm busting it out on the show. I was entrusted with something. I was asked to archive a box of uh, 
of things someone had been saving from the scene. And I have it here before me. You all can see what it says at the top of the page. It says Lexpar World Tour. This is a year-by-year, month-by-month breakdown from 1982 to the year 2000 of every show that Lex Spar <laughs> went to and who played. Cool. So, Dang. Yeah, it, it's impressive, is it not? Mm-hmm. So, Was that Adam and the Ants? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of Adam and the Ants in here. <laughs> I like them. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking good. Oh, yeah. So here's what I'm going to say about this. is This is basically the definitive answer as to when things happened because a band yeah. couldn't be on tour if they were playing shows locally a ba- and sometimes she was on tour sometimes she was other places and she saw people play other places so i've been able to do a little bit of cross-referencing with some of the podcast episodes and figure out that some of us have been wrong on some of our dates and times that's why i had this guy come with me last time because i was like my memory is so bad oh i've been wrong too and i think i have a good memory about this stuff but no no, not always. But I thought what might be kind of fun to do is get into, is I'll flip through here until I see one of your bands and see if you remember anything about the show. Okay. Okay. Because right now we got a lot of posies and Sky Cries Mary in the early year. Lex, thank you for doing this. She also left me all of her negatives for all of her photos. Oh, cool. So I wow. definitely have a, the collection here cool. of stuff. But we, that's a we huge played, job. 1007 plays with the posies, I think, at yeah. the YMC, Red Bellevue Well, we are, that's true. Right now, we are in 1989. So that would not have happened yet. But we're about to get there. Hold on. Danzig at the Moore Theater. That's nice. nice. Reason for hate, positive greed at someone's house on First Hill. So <laughs> we're getting there. Wait, here we are. Undertow, Galleon's Lap, head first at the party hall. I remember that show. I remember that show, too. We were all at that show. Yeah. I was definitely at that show. (laughs) Mark, you remember that show, don't you? Uh, no. (laughs) I mean, wasn't that always the bill? Dude, Nirvana, Melvin's, and the Dwarves, we were just talking about that show. We were at that show. Nirvana, the Derelicts. Derelicts. Nirvana, the Melvins, the Dwarves, and the Derelicts at the International Motorsports Garage. We were talking about that last night because we saw the bass player for the Dwarves. And all of a sudden, someone threw a beer bottle and fucking hit him in the head, knocked him out, and the band kept playing. And I was like, <laughs> that shit, I was, was like, man, if that was my band, I would have been like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. But they kept playing. And you're, and you're young. I was 15. Th- yeah, this is early, early on. I think we were in 1990 yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is 1990. That was in... That was the first night I kissed a girl, too. That was Okay, so September... <laughs> oh, dude, September 22nd of 1990 is the first night you kissed a girl. Wow. Thank you, Lex. Yeah. This is, I think this is gold. It's like the Wikipedia. I really have something here. Well, so just real quick back to the dwarves. I'm going to go back to the kiss. They, well, that was, it was bad. Anyhow, they're playing and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And my, my heart sank a little bit for that guy. I was 15 years old. I cared about everybody. I was like, I'm positive. You know, these guys should be nicer to their bass player. And then all of a sudden you... You know, like two minutes go by, and then you start to hear dung, 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 dung. The bass starts coming back in, yeah. but he laid on his back for three more songs, <laughs> and no one stopped and that's said anything. A, oh, that's a that's so good. Great. It almost yeah. sounds like they did it on purpose. There's no way some. It was real. Of, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty great. But I mean, every show, one of those guys got hit in the head with something. Uh, dwarves always. 
Sometimes it's like frozen roast beef or something. <laughs> and it's weird because I know I saw them, and I remember when that really controversial record came out. But oh, I yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I really know nothing about that band. I don't know anything but about But they were band. from here, and we saw them play all the time. I still love them. Really from here? Uh, I have no idea. That I was always We have roots here. Like, I, I thought yeah. they were all Seattle guys. Huh. I thought they were from somewhere else. Well, they were just on connected sub-pop. to Sub Pop. Yeah, I didn't uh, know, but I, I can't say that for sure. Oh, there's a correction for the end of the episode. I'll have to go find out. I remember like all of us were talking because like Nirvana got paid like a grand or fifteen hundred bucks, and we were all like, "We're a bunch of sellouts." (laughs) (laughs) I love that that one jumped out. Let's turn the page to 1991 and watch shit get real. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Mark, you're like I don't know about this. Oh no, dude, I'm super into it. So, Struggle Undertow, 1007, Sick and Wrong, Positive Greed, and Peeved at the Party Hall, January 1991. So, that was before we were in 1007. Yeah, yeah, but I was at that show. uh, No, I remember remember when Struggle came up, because you guys played on a skate park, or a skate ramp with them, right? Somewhere in the north end? I remember that. I know what you're talking about. I, was I that don't Struggle? Remember. I don't, see, I remember the show Struggle was, uh, Pettybone was living on Frat Row in the U District, had a house, and a show got canceled, and we said, we're going to go play at your house. And so we I, we definitely played a Struggle at a house. I don't remember Struggle being at the party hall, but it makes sense. They, I saw them okay, at the party hall, okay. for sure. And there was, remember, there was something about one of the dudes talking about, if you say certain words on the phone, the government will record you. Oh, and someone made fun, someone's dad made fun of him. Oh, my dad. It was your dad. Oh yeah. Or was it first dad? I I was talking to, with dad and was like, you know, the government can collect, and he and he was very like, no, that's you know impossible. You know how many people you'd have to work would have to work underneath you and keep this a secret and all this stuff and like, oh, it's totally fucking real. Yeah, echelon. But, it was called when, echelon. Yeah. So when he's telling me this back in the day, I was like, well, you know, dad's right. That's right. There were there's too many people to keep this under wraps. And it made you very uh suspicious of like conspiracy theories and stuff. Are we I talking like about are we going back to flat earth? We you we never got to flat earth. I know, it's a bummer. We started talking about it, but we'll get to all that the stuff. The earth is round. I just want to oh. make that clear. Oh, did you think that people thought that because we were talking about that that maybe you believed in a flat earth? There was some joking going on, it was, and we never got into we it. We never so, got back yeah. to it. No, definitely. Um, yes, you and I both believe that the earth is um, round. I think one of my favorite things on the internet is uh, is the, the people from the Flat Earth Society saying they have members all around the globe. It seems like a <laughs> They tweeted thing. out their Flat Earth Society has members all around the globe. It's a globe, so, dude. <laughs> it's not a plate. There you go. Sweaty I think, nipples. I think Steve-O, uh, he, he talked about, Steve-O from Jackass talked about going, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talked about going up with a Russian fighter jet pilot where they go up as high as you can possibly go. And he's like, you can totally see the curvature of the earth. You're up. You're essentially in low orbit almost. Like, yeah. There, well, you, could, <laughs> you could do that on a ship. You can actually, there's. You can see the horizon line, but they would no, just you say. you can start to see it dip too, I think. You can? Cone. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what a sexton's all about? big dip cone. So what do we got? Okay, we're into another. So yes, <laughs> that's a, about, that's right? a quick so version. If you fly from South America to Canada, you have to do a U-turn, go all the way back over North America. <laughs> <laughs> that's the flat earth. That's flat earth travel? Yeah, yeah. This flat earth stuff is crazy. I can't believe people believe it. There's that Red Bull thing where the guy like where the guy goes up in the capsule thing and like parachutes down. You can see the curvature from that too. But they'd say that was fake. There's an awful lot of work to keep people thinking we're living on the globe. Did you guys see anything? Okay, we're on the next page. I see another undertow. Now we're February '92. 
This is Undertow 1007 RTT. I don't know what what, what, what month is that? This February is February 92. So Cousin, that was before I was in the band. Cousin It, and then in parentheses, The Green, The Daves at Bellevue YMCA. Yeah. And that would have been... The Daves. They were good. The Daves were good. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're going to... There's got to be a uh, Fugazi show coming up. Oh, yeah. Posies the fastest. Fest number one. Posies. Oh yeah, yeah. She was a huge Posies fan. So we're getting a lot of Posies. We're getting a lot of Morrissey. I didn't know she saw Morrissey that much back then. All right, hold on. Trying to get Morrissey us. Morrissey at the arena. I don't Does that just that. die down? Did I see die down you, in there, you, Dave? Dig it down. There's no way. Did you? Oh, dog, dog down. Dog. Yellow dog down. Yellow dog down. Like, yellow die down. Huh. <laughs> I've heard of that fucking bit. I'm guessing there's gonna be. Okay, here we go. We're in our world now. Here's so there's three the members. Of January '93. Mm-hmm. Now we're into stuff like Link, Hush Harbor, Undertow, Said Seaweed, job. and Drown. That show is huge at the YMCA, February '93. Yeah. You guys played that over was, Seaweed? Uh, yeah, and I think that was uh-huh. one of the reasons we were breaking up at that point too. And you decided, no, we're gonna keep going because oh, yeah, this is we'll, awesome. Yeah, we'll go and play in front of a thousand <laughs> kids if we can do this. Fuck, like, okay, let's just keep going. <laughs> the Posies, ten oh seven at the Bellevue Y. That's that February '93. February '93. Yeah. Yep, this is '93. Oh, that's a good one. What do you see? Undertow oh, the, said child. Undertow said child 1007 at oh, yeah. Elsbeth's house. There's the Fugazi and Spinanes at the Bellevue Y. That's in May of 93. So that's another, that's the, yeah. maybe the third time Fugazi came through. Yeah. So I'm trying to find, I want to find shows where all of you, all three of you are playing at the same time. Those are shows. Yeah, what are you which one are we at? Child 1007 at Oh, oh, 1007, because you guys were in 1007 at that point. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and it was, okay. I was, you know what? I'm looking for face first. Oh, this has been the well, thing. we already passed 1007. Yeah, I mean, I mean, face we first. Passed face. <laughs> face first is like 90. Okay, so this is it. So on this list, it was like three years after face first. That so we've this been able been right on this be- list of shows that Lex was at. This was right yeah. before we went on tour. This was right. Okay, so June of uh, right, yeah, June of '93. We've got Undertow, Sud Child, 1007, Elsbeth House on out on the east so, side. That was probably like the last show you guys played before you went on tour. What month was it? June. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but then how was ten oh seven playing July twenty eighth at the Woodenville Grange? Because I think we were on. Oh, look at this. And yeah. then and then Breaker ten oh seven surge at Elsbeth's house in Kirkland. That was killing. And that's we, June we of like, We did August to September. That makes sense. Because that was we, right okay. before we left. Under then there's the answer. Okay. Undertow gets home from tour mid August. You leave on tour and you do August and September. And we were we you were guys behind the, our sh- our first show back. Red and White's got to be in there. <laughs> we were probably already past it. But, yeah. Undertow, Spark Marker, 1007, YMCA, August. Yep. Mark called it before we saw it on the list. Yeah. There it is. And then okay. you guys leave on tour. So all of this yeah. makes but sense. I feel like we must have left you guys notes. Oh, and look at this. Anyways. I think you, you may have, but look at this. There's no local 1007 shows. So no, you're absolutely right. You're on tour. We have answered using Lex. And this is a truly, I mean, when I look at, I know I went to a lot of shows too. I didn't write them down. I didn't keep a list of it. This is someone who's like really dedicated to like, well, for many, many years, you know, a couple of decades here. So, but I wish I had. Yeah. And this is almost, I mean, I don't, I'm not at the Posey shows, but I'm at a lot of the shows she was at. Wow. I wrote down, I started writing down shows that I played probably, I think in 96. So I had already been playing for six or seven years. Sure. So I have a list of, you know, so I think St. James Infirmary played 107 shows in less than two years. Nice. I have them all written down, but nothing like this. You know, I, when I was 15, I was going to see Poison Idea or what, whatever band you went to go see that weekend. 
I didn't think I should write this down. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah like I didn't, really I didn't cool. even know. Because you don't think about how bad your memory is going to be when you get old. And you're not going to remember that. I remember playing with Hazel. That's crazy. I think this next page is going to be interesting. One thing that I'm seeing, what I haven't seen is that I don't see any um, shows at uh, the, not the Velvet Elvis, the, uh, what was the, down on the viaduct? OK Hotel. Yeah. She, oh, she that played shows. such a huge well, it might have part. Been gone. Yeah, but I don't know if it. If no, she had, I know for all three shows. of us, for she all had four some of early us. ones. She had 90, some early. Ninety and ninety-one oh. or some oh. OK Hotel. Shows I know. There. I know that Undertow got kicked out of OK Hotel. We were not allowed to play there anymore. After those two incredible shows, uh, there was one more. I think we headlined. Not the. We played a Poison a Idea Sunday afternoon, and yeah. then we played with the, the Accused, accused. Yeah. and then we headlined a show like two years later. And we were so excited because we we're like, this place is fucking fantastic. And kids are going nuts, and after the show, they're like, "Oh, we don't, we don't allow stage diving. Uh, you can never play here again." And we all took it at like, "Fuck, man, that sucks." Because okay, hotel rules, but it's also like super cool. We got banned from a club, <laughs> you know. You feel like Project X saying, you know, "Fuck the Ritz" or whatever at the end of that song. Nice. So I am looking. You'll f- end up as lame as the Ritz. Yeah. Undertow, Sad Child, and Engine Kid. Ten Out Seven and Undertow played together so much. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna spearhead a lot wow. of this time when we're a lot of this time when we're just being quiet while we're looking for this. They'll be edited out. So this will be much this, more. This is a this is a monumental show. Spirit, which was Balance of the World, but that was the very first show at the Goat House, right there. That's the first Goat House Christopher show. Christopher Robin. Very first goat spearhead show. and Christopher yeah. Robin. That would be yeah. December of 1993. Yeah. I remember Goat House arrives. I remember that because it was cold as fuck outside, and it I was steaming inside. <laughs> it was hot as fuck. I'm pretty sure I was at 107 show. headlined it. 1007, oh, Jayhawker, and Rake. Definitely some Portland coming in there. Yeah, 94, that was the year of Velvet Elvis for sure. Are you sure we didn't play that show? It's got a <laughs> Jawbreaker at the YMCA. Yeah, we played that show. Jawbreaker, George's Wall, and The Green. No, if The Green played it, do you guys think you got squeezed on there? No, no, or was I, that I one remember where that we played. Show. We that played was, every uh, show. 1007 yeah. played that one. He yeah. played every show, but there may have been one that was The first two that they issue. played in Seattle, we didn't play, but then I believe we played every YMCA it was yeah, like we, we played with him like six. This years. leads me to believe yeah. that um, that Lex never saw Die Down because we're past Die Down at this point. That was cool. Pinnacle Powder. Powder. I, Billy Joe gave me a joint at that show. <laughs> that, you know, Wait, oh, okay, so unwound <laughs> pin- oh, at the house. The this house. is jalapeno house. house. February yeah. of '94. Unwound Pinhead Gunpowder, Lunch Pail, and Punchinello. Yeah. It says at the. Oh wait, no, we're above Pinhead Gunpowder, Hush Harbor, Lunch Pail at the Jalapeno House. That was Kelly Ockengay's house. So Kelly, yeah. who used to do shows in Bellingham. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had that house in the in up by the frats, and that right? was a fucking awesome show. It yeah. was, yeah. Both of them were. Billy Joe asked the crowd, "He's like, who's the current guitar player of Poison?" Uh, it was like this kid, Blue Saracino. Like I was the only kid in that the, entire literally, room that knew. But hold on a second. It was like the the, <laughs> the house was jam packed and people were going crazy. And then he's you know song stops, <laughs> and he asked this question, and literally it, it was like crickets were in the room. It's like it's so quiet because everyone's like, huh? And then several. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay so, I, and I remember I was sitting right there yeah the uh, I remember up front it's like uh, you and Moses yeah and Moses, uh, Crazy Charlie he got naked I yeah think. Crazy Charlie alright yeah somebody I remember yeah. that somebody played that song about Aaron Comet Bus and he like stormed across the room and turned it off like turned the, the, the stereo off there's a song that has him it's about him and Courtney Love oh. does anyone know the song Comet Bus and yeah. Courtney Love? Every boy wants to be Aaron Comet Bus. Every girl wants to be a Courtney Love. Something like that. I actually don't know the song. I just remember being told why it was he did that. 
Who did that? Comet Bus did? Comet Bus did. And he was like upset that someone would play that song when he was in the room. Oh, I don't I'm going to have to. Now I've got more stuff to research for the end of the episode. <laughs> Mark pointed something out to me. March of 1994. We're looking at March 4th. Hit says Undertow Engine Kid at the OK Hotel. That would be the one you just mentioned. Yeah, and it, yep. that's awesome that she did this because I was like, well, how did we get that show? Who do we play with? Because it's in my memory and it's in a lot of the photos on the, the LP. And uh, it was it was Greg Anderson that got us the show. Hey, you want to nice. come and play OK Hotel with us? That's fantastic. Look at this. Uh, Undertow Sensefield Knapsack at the Vogue with Elvis. A, we got Undertow Spearhead right there. Yep, Undertow so Spearhead would be yep. Spearhead becomes Bound to the World. Yep. So you, this is all you guys again. All right, so I'm sure this is a... Uh, oh, look, Die Down. No, I like to point this out. This is April of 1994. Austin's in. That's Austin's. I played that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was in Bellingham, so that's another Uh, good. Bellingham was was maybe our last show or second to last show. How many did we play? We played like seven. Fuck off, really? Yeah, we played like seven shows. What do you think? I played two, I think, or three. No, you were. This we only had two songs, right? Or like four. <laughs> so to say, four. we played seven shows. Why do we? Okay, so so songs. what we're talking about is three of the people in this room were in a band called Die Down. Yeah. So I played bass and Die Down. Yeah, that's a stretch to even make that statement. Mark played guitar. Yep. And well, then you played guitar. A total stretch to say that I played guitar too. You're cause... a legitimate musician. You are a legitimate musician. I'm a guy I that was drums. around you guys. So you could play guitar, dude. No. Yeah. What, the first time I ever considered being in a band with Mark, we were on the Undertow tour in '93, and I said, "You know what we should do? We should get me a guitar and just not plug me into anything, and I'll just jump around and pretend I'm playing with you." Oh, and, thank God! And the I funny thing is, the funny thing is, Mark, you lit up. I thought you would be like, "Fuck you, Larson," because we were just driving uh-huh. in the middle of the night crazy, and you got totally into that idea. Yeah, we didn't do it, but you were like, "You were like that would be so funny," and I thought, "Okay, that would actually be kind of fun." We never, we never stooped to doing that shit, but I've always like thought, "Ah, I appreciated well, that you thought I could do it." or that you would be willing to embarrass me like that either one that maybe that was it i was like this is you know Uh, so i just have to say real quick i remember the show that we played in vancouver yep that was the last one yeah i feel like that was my first show no because we played in bellingham where we were just getting crushed by the crowd crushed and you were super mad because your stuff was getting smashed oh Oh, do you remember that and there was like a staircase that came down my hat came around (laughs) Oh, so that was that was Bellingham. It was right by the. It was a house right by a freeway freeway exit. There was there was Canada, but then we also played Elsbeth's and we also played Austin's. We also played. Oh no, maybe we didn't play Magic Man. We played at Velvet Elvis. So that's at least five. I feel like we must have played somewhere else. I don't remember because I know it always would have been with Undertow and it would be. Yeah. At, at, yeah, yeah. At most, we had five songs, right? Hold on. And then there's okay. California. That's six shows for sure. <laughs> like California, where California. Uh, fucking homeboys got uh, the sweatpants with the orange. <laughs> He's never, ever going to live it down. No. And, well, shit. It's, yeah, no way, dude. <laughs> sweatpants. So we we got to talk about the, the shooting. We definitely okay. have to talk about the shooting. I think... Your hat and snakes in a and snakes in a sleeping bag. We've got bag. a bunch of so the the end of the story with die down is Ron sang. Uh, we had one song that we recorded. It yeah. ended up on a compilation that I put out. Um, it's called Another Chance to Get It Right. Uh, I had a really fun time doing it with you guys, and I appreciate you allowing me to do it with you, Mark. That was great. When I first yeah. came down, we were doing it. We we actually did it in two little bursts. I think we started and then we kind of backed off it for a little while while under stuff was going on. And then we started doing it again, and that's where you, where you jumped in. Yeah. And for me, I think what what happened was me and Murph had written something that we knew wouldn't work for Undertow. And then there was this, uh, Ron was like, hey, let me sing. And then there was like, oh, we'll grab Dave. 
and then uh, at a certain point, let's get another guitar player. And I was trying to write more, more like Burn as opposed to what yeah. Undertow was doing. And I had done that and like I couldn't do it. Kind of pop band, the pop punk kind of band like Bull Goose Looney, whatever we were. But it wasn't quite. Yeah, that's why you call me Bull Goose all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh yeah, sure I can play. And then you know, I'm playing with Mark. It's like, mm, nah, mm, we'll see. I gotta really step up here. And no, it was, not it was at all. Dude. Hard to step up. What power, power chords? That's all I do. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> it was different for me. Um, well, I thought it was very cool. It was. It was because uh, the other idea was, you know, it was like, hey, we'll have more bands. I don't know. I, for me, it was like cool. I'm gonna try to write. I'm gonna try to be a better guitar player. And so I'd be writing this and it would be like oh well that no that goes to undertow writing this that one that goes to undertow and then die down it would be like oh this one won't work for undertow but it's fucking cool so i was actively trying to do two different things so well it, when it worked it worked well here's undertow die down spearhead greg bennick and christopher robin at the velvet elvis oh wow that's awesome and then i don't know i'm sure we don't i i don't think we've gone much further than that. But let's let's talk about the stories that you guys. Uh, I'm gonna put this list away. Well, so there was there was because we're about was, to end. We were in like '93 when Undertow goes to California and um, that Lincoln '78 or yeah. Whatever it was. So my uh, we didn't have a van. Uh, Damien wasn't in the band yet. Seth was playing guitar, correct? So it's it's Seth playing bass. I'm sorry, I said, said guitar. He's playing bass. There's five of us in the car. We grab Kinder. So he's the fifth coming down to hang out. Uh, and Nerdy. yeah, my, my roommate at the time was like, yeah, fuck it, take my car. If it makes it, great. If it doesn't, you know, fuck yourself. I don't know. Like, you're, you're but, fucked. So it's so. A, it's supposed to be a all-ages hardcore fest at yeah. a sushi. We did not know it was at a sushi restaurant, <laughs> though. Okay, but it ends up being in a sushi <clears throat> restaurant. Well... We got to talk about everybody, where everybody was sleeping that night when we got down there and realized, it was, are we in front of a fucking sushi restaurant and we're playing yeah. a festival at a sushi restaurant? This but, is not going well. So we get there and we have nowhere to go. We, we got there at like two o'clock in the morning. Sure. And what are you going to do? We slept on the hood of the car. We, we slept wherever yeah. you could. So I know that me, Seth, and Murph slept inside because I remember we kind of got the giggles and I remember at one point being like, dude, a cop's totally going to show up and knock on our window because we're not allowed to sleep and park here and, and, and the other two guys are outside sleeping and he's going to see all three of us with our hands down our pants holding our balls. <laughs> and those guys started laughing so hard and I was like, are you really holding your like balls and dick while you're sleeping right now? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> like, everybody was just like... Sleep, you're sweaty and it's late and you're just holding your shit and I was like cool. that's just how you sleep in a car I'm not the only one I was not I was on the hood of the car where was your hands I don't know but they weren't on my balls okay. I'm, well if you John, didn't know I was going to assume you were doing the same John thing John would be sleeping in the grass so you can ask him when you see him <laughs> about this story and be like you weren't in the car you weren't privy to the story but were you do you sleep sometimes holding your shit <laughs> ask him I just I, I know, know I'm going to maybe not on a podcast but it's out there now I just remember I woke up super early because as soon as the sun came up, it was 80 degrees already. And I was like miserable, like, fuck. It was it was rough. It was a rough four hours of sleep. And then... Uh, what are you going to do? You got to do it. We, yeah, we just we were hanging out all day. Waiting, all day. People started showing up and yeah. like I think one or two bands played. And then the owners were like, uh, what the fuck is this? And it got canceled. Oh, and so the promoter, Because they didn't know what the sound of the music was it was just sure some crazy kid promoter was like oh this is a good idea and i think people were about to beat the fuck out of him because all these people had paid money and there's a couple hundred people there 
Oh, oh wow. yeah. And so we were able to salvage the show and they got to play. In San Diego. We yeah. ended up going to San Diego, two hours away. We're going to have the show. Hey, kids, come down. We'll have a show in my practice space. And it ended up being in front of like oh, 30 people, maybe. But I actually, I remember I felt, I was so fucked up I didn't watch you guys play. Because I didn't, I didn't sleep and I was, like, came down with a cold from sleeping on the hood of the car. So I think I actually stayed in the yeah. car while you guys played. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was super bummed. I was like, what a fucking bummer. Oh, you've seen us a million times. Well, yeah. You know? But so... You got to go on the road again. That was... It gets interesting, though, because we're leaving now at like three in the morning. Well, we would have hit LA, uh, let's say, three or four in the morning, dark out. Yeah. And we were... I think I think we were on I-5. I was driving. <clears throat> we're Murph, on... Murph was driving. No. Nope. No. I'm driving, and <laughs> I'm getting too tired to drive anymore, and we're on okay. the five, and I pull off... And I don't see an entrance ramp, and that'll come back later in the story. Uh, and so we pull into a gas station, and Murph was sitting behind me, I believe, because I think me and him just switched spots. And uh, and uh, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm too tired to drive, man. Do you mind taking over the wheel? And he's like, yeah, I got you. So we pull out into a red light, and the gas station is on our left. So we were just in that gas station? We were just in this gas station okay. two seconds ago. I'm in now behind the driver's seat. Murph is driving. I think you're in. I was middle? in the opposite of you. I was on the the rear passenger side, and okay. we're sitting at this red light, and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And I think only you, me, and Murph, Murph were Rock. awake. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, you start hearing a shotgun, drive-by shooting shotgun, boom, 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 boom. Wow. And we're of course we're, it was at the gas station we had just been in, seconds ago. Yeah, and so we see this guy. First of all, you can hear that we're thirty feet away. <laughs> So you hear there's two women in the car and there's two guys and they were out outside of the car and you hear the women start to scream. And then you see, I believe you see a guy, I vividly remember this guy picking up a garbage can and he was running for cover like this. Oh, he was holding the can to try to keep the over his body. No, no. This is well, we're, <laughs> So it, it could be true. This is my memory. Uh, heard a huge explosion, you know, look over to my left, see a fucking shotgun out of the car, and two dudes are running. S another shot goes off, the guy grabs, like, his lower back and hits the ground. Other guy makes it around the corner. I believe there's more shots then. And the guy who made it around the corner picks up a green garbage, plastic fucking garbage can and uses it as a shield to try to get to his friend. Oh, wow. So okay. I was close. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, just... You but... both have the, that, that memory of thinking that this garbage can is going to protect you from the shotgun well i knew it wasn't gonna but yeah. i think that guy thought it would yeah but that's insane right we're, like... we're literally sitting there and it's yeah. probably only about six or seven seconds trans but, transpiring but it wow. feels like an eternity so you saw a guy get actually gunned down yeah yeah and did you just did you know well, what murph, happened murph is driving and we all go <laughs> so we're sitting, at a, we're sitting at a red light we're sitting at a red light watching this everybody's awake now um, is there a shooting and all three of us were like fuck yeah so I think I was the one going, dude, get the fuck out of here. Drive, drive, drive. He's like, but it's a red light. And I'm like, so fucking gotta, gotta drive. escape. We don't want to get shot. Yeah, and it's so, three in the morning, too. It's, so he could have just booked so, out the red light. But I so, like that he's like, we're at a red light. So he goes, <laughs> takes off, he turns left. And guess what? We're right behind the fucking car that did the shooting. Like, Murph, Murph. Right? Yeah, see, Am this I, I don't remember, this? but I believe you're right. Because I was like, dude, get the fuck away from these people. They were just, they just fucking killed that guy. Not, stop. So we're totally yelling at Murph, and Murph's probably stressed the fuck out. Because he just woke up. 
he's driving now and this trauma happens right you know it's like but i just remember being like drive 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 and then i was like stop yeah and 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 it goes back to he's part of it was that we didn't know where the on-ramp was so we actually go back and there's an on-ramp but it's only south right so we go fuck it let's go on the five let's go south and we'll find somewhere else to turn around we need to get the fuck out of here i don't even know where we are i know it was la somewhere and we me and kinder both live there i have no idea where it to this day, you don't know where that was. No, 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 but that was fucking crazy. See, if somebody in the band had been writing stuff down like Lex did, we'd have this <laughs> shit, man. That's amazing. But yeah, that... That was one of the stories you definitely wanted to tell. Yeah. Lex's list... So from where we're at now, Lex's list changes because she goes across the country. And so definitely some of her list becomes... Well, it's weird. There's a lot of stuff. I wonder if there's any of us on that list once she's out of the area. Yeah. No, actually, she comes back and there's a bunch. Seven in Earth Crisis. She was in that show. Oh, where's that? <laughs> yeah. Which one was that? That was in New Jersey. At somebody's house. Um, Here it is. Earth Crisis, Strife, 1007, Weston, Beltane at Josh Truskill's house in New Jersey. Oh, Matsuoka always talks about this show. He totally remembers this. This So I remember I was wearing a shelter Mm t-shirt, the blue one, Quest for Certainty, Mm. rocking a flat top, and that's gone. Um, (laughs) And I remember um, Shelter. there was like three kids... There was like one emo girl right up front. And there was like, actually, there was a, quite a few people I remember being kind of into us. Yeah, like those like, people had newer songs. Like the album had reached them. We were like, yeah, it's Whoa. awesome. Like, I hear it's, you're, you know, you're And you think, oh, this is going to continue. Yeah. And yeah, then it yeah. didn't. <laughs> but, you know, we that's the funniest thing about 1007 is we always played uh-huh. with like the quintessential, like the most hardcore bands you could find. You know, we, we played with Buzz Oven. Yeah, in Savannah, Georgia. In Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was the band to have when you're having more than one, is what yeah. Matt used to put on the early stickers and flyers. <laughs> he, Mark, what else do you have on your list? Oh wait, what were you gonna say? He did that he did the baby Ruth to me. <laughs> he did? Yeah, he called me Eric the Viking. Oh, oh, he put oh. that on the and you Yeah, did and I was like, like You that. motherfucker. He, he didn't ask me. <laughs> He's like, well, you think that's comparable to what I went through? No, but I was like, it's, no, it's certainly not <laughs> insulting in any way. No, but I, yeah. I, I, I did have a lot of, like, everybody I ever played in bands with always gave me a nickname. Um, mm. But that was just one of those things. Like, when you see your, this was our first real record. It wasn't a cassette demo. It wasn't this. It was a real fucking record. And then to have somebody say what your name is. That's forever, man. Right. You wanted it's, it's no baby Ruth, but well. yeah, that's I'm st- <laughs> <laughs> if I go on Discogs Ooh. right now, I know they're listening to that record. Says Bird, buddy, Eric yeah. The Viking. yeah. And I was yeah. like, dude, why the fuck? And he's like, because you have a broad sword. And I was like, you fucking asshole. You're a Viking. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm sure he thought it's you would have. It's not the same at all. I'm sure he thought <laughs> you would have taken that as a compliment. Yeah. Well, you named me the Desoto Rebelos. So. Which, yeah. yeah, I mean that so that's I, actually I kind of yeah. funny because it wasn't me. Because it wasn't you. It's that's. <laughs> wow. But yeah, he did that shit on his own. This is a a tiny little microcosm like example of comedy versus tragedy. Yeah. On the exact same record, the same list of fake names. You like Sotos, but don't like yours. Well, no, I just think it it works because. <laughs> The DeSoto was a weird car, right? It didn't. And then you've got Soto Rebelos, who's kind of a weird dude. God love you, though. I hope I'm weird. Mark, what else do you write down over there? Okay, I had a question uh, for probably you. Okay. Uh, do you remember going on tour? Um, 
Okay, we, we go on tour. I'm not going to say what year it is or what goes on. We'll see if you... Kinder was with us. Yeah. You're with us. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was uh, a truck. Maybe we're... In the mountains? Oh. We're riding back. Uh, we're riding Ron, down to Ron California. Ron Gardepi's there, too. Ron Seeing Gardepi. something in the in the tree line? Oh, we can get into that. Yeah, <laughs> there, all, I, I, your, I, all your stuff. We'll yeah, yeah, that. but I knew... But um, I, I debunked that later, Okay, so though. there was one night you slept outside in a sleeping bag. In the desert, probably afraid of snakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Because there's a story about him on the same trip. Was there any anything about snakes? I don't like. I'm we just not... woke up and you were like, like I don't know if you had your sleeping bag and you were smashing it, or you were throwing it up in the air. I probably <clears throat> thought I felt something, and yeah, no, or I, I dreamed about it, or I don't know. I think you said something like, "This is how you get rid of snakes in your." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're right. It's like if a warm, they got a warm place to sleep, they'll get in your fucking sleeping bag. Yeah, no, but I don't think as kids we knew this. It's a mis- absolute like nightmare to think that I was gonna be outside in a place where there were snakes. Like, you might as well put me in the ocean. I'll think I there's I sharks. Just think, I think oh, you did get me in the ocean too. <laughs> when we went, we ended up in uh, at Scripps Beach, and I actually went out in the ocean. Like that was like the first time I went into a place where a shark could have been. I got some good. I got a fucking shark story for you. Um, but, oh, so You know sharks are why I don't like to fly, right? Hey, what? The look on all of your faces is why I like to tell the story. No, <sighs> because a plane's going to go down, and we're going to make a safe water landing, and then I'm going to get, get eaten by alive. a shark. That's, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. That's all the way to go. That's, but see, now it seems totally reasonable, right? I actually played in a band with a guy that used to talk about... Yeah, he I wanted, believed him, too. Yeah. He No, 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 this, I don't think you ever met him, but he wanted to be... Oh, who was who was it was he, your friend that had the he had a surgery oh, on his Mark. leg? Oh, yeah, he Hawkinson. would tell me bit yeah, off by a shark and I believe it for like two or three years. <laughs> he would say this, he this got guy his... from the north end that was in a band that was they were a little bit older than us. Yeah, but he had a compound fracture, right? I can't remember what the hell it was. He broke but his he, leg. He, he had and he a always skin told, graph. Yeah, okay. And he always told people that he had been attacked by a shark. I think General Faye believed that, and it wasn't true. I believed it. You're young, and there's a big like chunk that's out of his leg. Um, but just just the other the other bit about being, I was wondering if like more stories would come up because that was the trip where Kinder we started making fun of him because he lost his hat. Do you remember this? And he's like, "Where's my hat? Where's my hat?" Because no. I have I've I lost had, my hat. Where's my hat? I've always had really my hat? bad hair. Every <laughs> single tour, there was nothing but things like this over and over again. They've all bled into like I don't remember. I mean. Yeah, I actually, yeah. I actually think it was. I actually think it was the other trip in the car, because I fell asleep in the back of the car and I think I took my head off, mm. my hat off. Oh, could be. Yeah, you it know wasn't where, in the truck. You know where your hat is, man? It's with my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything to his hat. Your shorts were drying. I didn't know they were there. I never would have left without your shorts. Um, <laughs> no, but, I found it later. But he just oh. liked to make fun of me. Where's my hat? Yeah. Well, so okay, he, but you guys will probably agree with this too. Um, and and Dave, you've done enough touring. I'm curious about this too. Uh, you go on tour, and then you sometimes things are stressful, and you just end up hating the fucking roadie, and all the stress goes on the fucking roadie. And you and this happened in Shift. I mean, it, it goes on. I'm like, wow, you know, so mean, so many times for no fucking reason. And you're like, well, these are my boys. This guy's just riding along, so I'm gonna fucking get if I'm if I'm getting pissed. Like this happened to you guys, yes? Can, or can you relate? Well, you guys I mean, are just too fucking nice. Well, huh? I think Tom was 1007's roadie, 
And we, we were always hard on him, though, we, just because yeah, he was in an enduring our way, little brother. Yeah. Like, instead of calling him Thomas Dumas and stuff like that. <laughs> Thomas just, Dumas, just call him Dumas. But he was he was more he was more <laughs> I mean, than a roadie. I mean, him, though. like it was just like he was, was more than fun. a roadie. He wasn't. Yeah. A, you he you wasn't guys a never gave me too too much heart of a time, but it's, I got a little bit from you. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think later there was a uh, we had a roadie in shift where we were all getting along just fine, but there was something about. I mean, he was the wrong person to take, and he's a really nice guy, and I'm friends with him now. But sure. boy, I mean, it was like if you feel tension between. This person and that person, I'm taking it out on the fucking roadie. And you would just start making fun of them, you know, your fucking haircut. Well, you're, trying to, you're okay. trying to diffuse the situation. But I yeah. actually remember an incident <laughs> where I was a fucking total asshole. And it's kind of, I still kind of, I still thought it was funny. But it was actually um, Dempsey playing yeah. in Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you might have been there, maybe. I don't but know. Played a Morgan, Parker with Morgan came on vocals. Yeah. Played bass. I don't know what happened. Oh, oh no! I was thinking about the sub shop and the sandwich you got from Ben Davis. Oh well, yeah. you have to tell me about that. But no, we're this is who left the band? Would Damien leave the band? Damien left the band. So we got this kid Morgan. Ended up was, in uh, Blood Brothers, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but he had never done anything. So I was kind of like, I'm driving, and he just starts talking like, "Oh yeah, we're, we'll just go." We I think we had written a new song, and it was fucking awesome. We were going to record it. And I was probably stressed out about something else, but he's, he was just sitting in the back seat talking about how easy it would be. Oh, we'll just do this, this, and this, and we'll have a fucking song. And I was like, I'm like, have you ever fucking made a record before? And he's all, no. And I said, shut the fuck up. And I, was, I wasn't trying to be a dick, but it totally came off as, like, I was like, I felt bad later. But I think everybody kind of laughed. Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, that's when I got the sandwich. Well, someday maybe I'll get Morgan in here and I'll have to hear that version of the story. <laughs> I actually saw him many years later when I was on tour with Time in Malta, but I don't think he remembered that. And if he did, and if he did, hey, I man, apologize. He remembers. He does? Oh, yes. I didn't mean <laughs> you to be a dick. yelled at by the older dude on a trip up to Canada to play a show? Yeah. You I didn't mean it. to be a dick, but I, I have realized in my old age, I was like, that was pretty shitty. You know, Mark, specifically the, the question you're asking. Yeah. So 10 years after I went out with you guys, I yeah. went with Champion when they were doing the, the East Coast. Okay. And they played like Hellfest and Posse Numbers and a bunch of really big shows. It was really awesome. But I was not, I was not the only roadie. Adam Pacey went too. And Pacey ended up taking, even when they were mad at me, everything <laughs> went right past me onto so Pacey. You... And by halfway through the tour, um, the catchphrase in the van was, you fucked us, Pacey. <laughs> That probably got said. I mean, anybody would just say it at any time if there was a lull in the conversation. So, yes, what you're saying is totally right. It's totally viable. It happens. Yeah. And we saw each other on that tour, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Played some shows. Oh, that might have just been a weekend. That was time in Malta, though. And you were with... I went out with those guys. I think we went down to California on a different thing. No, we we ran into you somewhere on the East Coast. On the East Coast also? Yeah. That could very well have been. It was um, 2003. Posse Numbers Festival, Hellfest, and then just a bunch of other stuff. We on played it. Hellfest. We played somewhere else, and you guys were in That's, need of a drum kit. Uh, Hellfest. Yeah, that that would have been an absolutely. No. It wasn't. It wasn't at Hellfest though. No, it was somewhere else. A smaller no. show. Hellfest. But I remember was... running into you. Yeah, I'm sure. I but I, we also there was a whole string of California shows too. I think I might have. I don't think you were there, but I ran into somebody from that band in L.A. at another show. But there were shows that were booked together where you guys were finishing out a tour or something. Oh, Time in Malta, really? Was it Time in Malta? 
Yeah, that was the time that, that would have been the band that you were in at the time. You, yeah, uh, two thousand three. It was. I remember going down. Wow. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the Stay Gold and and Champion were going down to play together. I don't remember. I know that there were some shows in California. I vaguely remember playing somewhere in like Anaheim or something. Okay. This is gonna be, this is riveting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah, definitely. I I don't remember specifically on the East Coast except if it was maybe one of those fests, but. I always thought that was the only real interaction with Champion. That Champion tour was was California part of it. Mm, there was an East Coast one too, but okay, cool. Anyway, the point was you fucked with Pacey. <laughs> <laughs> cool guys, we've been sitting here for an hour and a half. Smells like it. Hot boxing. It's hot. <laughs> That's we, hot as shit. In here. We went yeah. through. I basically stopped. Uh, Lex's list gets a little. So Lex leaves Seattle for a while. So her list kind of goes a little uh, a wonky when did for she a little leave? bit. Well, it's weird because she's out. I mean, she's gone. But then she. I think she might have gone with mouthpiece or something. Well, I'm she's, just wondering if I was uh, if I was in New York. Well, she she was at that show. I think she left around '96 or '97. Earth Crisis Strife. Yeah, if she's talking about it. No, Trust because Bill's then house. she's then she's back though. Okay. So then she's back, and then in 95, it's all local stuff. So, yeah, she's still doing stuff here. Lots more posies. Jesus. Sorry. Lots of posies. <laughs> oh, wait. She's got Trial, Deadskin Mask, and Dempsey at Ground Zero. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we can let it go. We can let it go. Uh, <laughs> wait, we got Botch, Balance of the World, and Deadweight at Big John's. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah. That was that a good show. show. So, yeah. No, she's still kicking around. She's still got a bunch of stuff. Oh. Is, oh, did she go to the? Did she have the first bot show in there when Spearhead played? Oh, in Tacoma. Yeah, like that. The Sword. very first time Botch played, yeah. she's got Strain, Bloodlet, and Bounce of the World of the Old Firehouse. I remember that show too. That's where we connected with those guys. That was the show. I don't think she's got the first. It's going to take a lot more time to look at. I don't think she's got the first think, botch. They wouldn't have been the headlining band on her list. No, they were the first. They were the right. It was her band. first show. Yeah. And it could, so, yeah. So, oh, no, no, no. You're right. Okay, so then she leaves. When she actually leaves yeah, and splits, she goes to, this is going to be summer of 95 is when she bails. And she gets out on the road. So so she just, I think, for whatever reason, she was just gone for a week and just happened mm. to see 1007 in New Jersey, yeah. which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't remember seeing her there. Neither do I. But that's which cool is weird. There. Yeah, I don't think I talked to anybody. I remember like pulling up and then beelining it for the shower, and everybody was like, "Who the fuck?" Because I was like the only long-haired kid in parkour at that time. And we were all we were all <laughs> thankful to him for letting Soto use the shower because yeah. he stinks. <laughs> I had to shower every day on tour. That's kind of a thing. I was such a... Hey, I know what we should do to close it out a little bit. So on Mark's podcast, we never got around to talking about conspiracy theories and flat earth and stuff. And we joked around with it a little bit here. But um, let's, 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 what do you guys think about this weird post-truth world we live in where everybody just <laughs> believes in whatever the fuck they want and they try to make good cases for complete bullshit or flat earth theory? Yeah. Oh, I think it's fucking insane. They're ridiculous. Um, but you're the one that told me about one I believe in, though, Mark. Berenstein Bears. Oh, yeah, oh, but... Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kinder, do you know about this? No. Oh, Mark, uh, explain. I don't want to do the talk. Okay. So, uh, everybody everybody says that, that it's Baron Steen or Baron. Well, how would you say it? How would, how, you know what we're talking about, right? You, you know, I used to to miss say Econoline. 
Ford Econoline. You don't remember that? <laughs> what I'd say, you say? I'd say Ford Encoline. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> well, you were the one that made fun of me. Eric, uh, yeah. Maybe that's well, what it used to be called. No. Oh, well, no. I'm, this plays into the theory, dude. I'm plays into the theory. We're going to blow your fucking mind right Mandela now. Mandela effect. Right? Yes, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. the Mandela oh. effect. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. How, how, right. Remember the TV Lean show or the book? Bernstein Bears? I say it again. Bad News Bears? No. Come on. Say it. I wasn't into teddy bears. Say it. Just say the fucking name. You say it. No, it, it's, he knows about it. this. It doesn't just work unless it. you say what you think it's called. It's not about you. you. It's yeah, about we're not Berenst- Berenstein Bears. Okay, perfect. It is not Berenstein Bears, and I've got a pen in front of me. <laughs> it has never been <laughs> nope. Berenstein Bears. Nope, but we all know it as Berenstein Bears. Uh, it's Berenstein Bears. Berenstein. Well, I know I misspelled it, but I, you know I was out. Does that look right? Night. Does that look? <laughs> does that look right to you? Uh, I have no idea. Would you? Bl- so you just weren't. You didn't know enough about the Berenstein Bears for this to be a no. So this doesn't like. But you for- said Berenstein. You thought it was Berenstein. Yeah. You said Berenstein. I guess. No you one said, says Steen yeah, if they think yeah, it's yeah, A-I-N. Yeah. And do you think it's odd that everybody you know says Berenstein? You no, don't think this is been. odd that you're like, oh, weird. It's Berenstein, and everybody that I've ever met has called it Berenstein. What you about think the, that's weird? No. Luke, I am your <laughs> Right on, dude. <laughs> you're, you're yeah, cool. Star, star Luke, I am your father. He never says that. Yeah, he does not. He does really? not say Luke, yeah. I am your father. No, he says, no, I'm your father. Yeah. Uh, well, he, yeah. There was never I'm any a... Luke, I am your father. Yeah, you know what? I don't really buy that one as a, as a Mandela effect, believe it or not. Really? So p- some people think uh, this Mandela effect. Because, oh, sorry. No, no, my no. Bad, right. my bad. It's, the problem with that is that when it comes to Star Wars, the outside publicity of Star Wars was like you only you, you'd only see the movie like once or twice or three however times you saw it right but then people would talk about it and talk about it and people were playing star wars and they were saying luke i'm your father and even like james earl jones was saying in interviews right he was saying that he said luke i'm your father he says no i'm your father it's the same thing it's just no instead of luke yeah but see i i vividly in my head i remember him saying that in the movie after i heard that and then i you're like fuck he never said that it i is, remember yes that's actually that's a good documentary. Have you seen have you seen heard about that? What? It's about the guy the guy that actually plays Darth Vader in the movies. Yeah. I think it's called Luke, I'm your father. That was a good movie. Is that real? Are you No. I'm I'm a nerd. I watch documentaries. <laughs> David Powers or Prow Yeah, whatever what that guy's name was. The big bodybuilder guy. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. And so he uh he he wanted his voice to be Darth Vader, is that what it's about? Well, he he basically is like this guy that was in all the movies, but you never know who he is. You know, yeah. they put a different actor's face when they show the Darth Vader's face. It's a different actor. They use James Earl Earl Jones' voice. Oh, it's like kind of. So he's like totally like the roadie. It's like being the guy that played Jar Jar. Yeah. And now thank God, <laughs> now thank God, no one knows. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. No, that's fine. That's totally that's right right on board with this. The idea is that history has changed in some way, so that things that you believed in the, the things that you believe happened didn't really happen that's the mandela effect and the first person i heard it, heard about it from i already knew about the idea of it because there was confusing stuff that like i didn't know why they were the way they were <laughs> but um like i you know you think someone dies and you see their funeral you you know some famous person you hear about their funeral on tv and you see retrospectives of their life so then like 3 years later you see them in something you think oh why did they wait so long to release, release this movie but then you see them doing press for it you're like no i'm sure that person was dead i had had that experience a couple times 
And then, the, but this Berenstein Bear thing is what blew it up for everybody because yeah, it's, it's Berenstain. It's big, big deal. And you told me about it outside of party. Well, I think it's yeah. funny. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in it at all. Because one, one idea or the way I was explaining this story to my friend was that possibly uh, there's parallel universes, right? And yeah. we're living parallel lives, which could be, man. I don't know. That sounds more plausible than you know Bigfoot existing. Um, and so it's <laughs> <laughs> far more plausible. And, well, I, I don't know. I'm not a fucking, you know, God. <laughs> I was going to try to use a big word, and I can't think of it. I'm tired. Um, so, yeah, maybe the maybe the universe splits, and, and our memories, this didn't get changed or something like that. And then the, the real crazy conspiracy people get, like, trippy shit with, like... Oh, there's it, some real stuff This could be there. this or that. But when I was explaining this, I was like, oh, dude, it's super weird that everybody calls it the same name, but it was never that name. And, you know... It's it's the Matrix black cat effect when he sees the black cat in the Matrix and he's a deja vu. Like, no, did something just change? That's what this theory is about. Because hmm. everybody calls it this and they, yeah. They, they call it the Mandela effect because people remember Mandela dying in prison. But he didn't. He actually got out of prison and led the country. Yeah. Got a divorce too, I believe. He did. Right when he got out. <laughs> okay. What? Is that right? Yeah. Why get, out, why get out, of, out of prison and he, then go back to another prison? Just <laughs> divorce her. End it. Oh my amazing. god! Amazing. Uh, just, well, just so you know, I've never been married. One person says amazing. Oh, the guy that's been married. Well, no, two of the people in this room have been married. Well, one is married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two are married. Yeah. I'm not married. Oh. I'm not legally married. Well, I'm this, married. This, whatever. This guy's married. Close enough. Podcasters know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that shall remain nameless. Yes, the nameless. Is married. But that was, yeah. So that's going to go over well with our female listeners. <laughs> that's a joke there, aren't Because <laughs> <laughs> you're No, sexist. that's unfair. Wait, me? <laughs> oh, don't, like, I, don't I, do it, dude. I'm, I'm, to keep, I'm kidding. I try to keep everything on the rails. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Why are you giving him a platform, Morrison? This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, tough crowd. It's a tough crowd. So, okay, you know what? Uh, I believe in a in a round earth because there would be less places for the <laughs> Sam Squatch to hide on a flat earth. Yeah. yeah. That works for you? Dude, it, it's fucking round. Like, why? It, uh, uh, Arkham's razor, right? Usually the, the uh, yes. simplest example yeah. is usually the, the right one. Yes, right? Our, physics, that... our physics models work like yeah. because it's all and part of the same understanding method, of... Yes. It's insane. I understand that, like, 500 years ago, you could think the Earth is flat because you haven't traveled the whole Earth. <laughs> and why are we going back to this? Why are you making up shit that's just not fucking true? And the other part I like about it, because uh, some of these people get burned by, like, wicked smart people that are like, nope. You know, that doesn't fucking, nope. No, you, you know, get out of your house. Stop watching the fucking internet, young man, whatever. And uh, and one of the things he asked this guy, he's like, he goes, so how, how has this changed your life? And the guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, so if you actually believe that the earth is flat, how has it changed your life? And he's like, well, I mean, it, it hasn't. I, I mean, I still work at the warehouse and I still don't have a girlfriend. And, um, and, uh, you know, and the guy's like, isn't that kind of the point? Like you're putting a lot of effort into something that is not true. Uh, and maybe you should get out more. And the guy's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so you're basically admitting that you going on, you know, the internet and doing this for eight hours a day 
uh, it has not changed your life at all. You're still working at a warehouse, you have no girlfriend, and you're spending days indoors talking about something that does not happen. Well, and, and your life hasn't changed at all. You're still driving a car. You know, you still a, go to work. a lot of these people who are into this whole flat earth theory, they're, they're pretty young, wouldn't you say? Not the fella I know. No, not, but that's once the, world, once the word gets out. But a lot of younger people seem more open to the idea of a flat earth philosophy. And I think that the flat earth thing is rising because of Minecraft. Because okay. Minecraft is a flat earth. <laughs> Pers- Man, I'm I mean, so – I have no idea what's going on. Do you know what the game Minecraft is? I, I don't all know these games. Kids, I don't watch it's like, TV. It's I don't a know huge, huge thing that all these kids are into and it's 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 been out for like seven years now. They don't think – Six, seven years. Around. No, I know. I get that they now but I've never heard of it. So if someone plays Minecraft when they're 14 at 21, they might be recorded. Yeah. You want to fly here, you got to go there. You go around. Wait a minute. Nobody can see this on the radio show. No, hold on a minute. Are you explaining what a round earth is to Kinder? No, flat earth. Cause I, he doesn't I, know what a flat. He doesn't know what we're talking about. And you gotta be there careful. are people who no. believe that we live on a no, flat I earth. No, I understand that, but I'm I'm so disconnected from the world. <laughs> I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I I do want to say one more thing about the flat earth thing. I, My friend that turned me on to this was yeah. like, I've never been to England, so how would I know it exists? Uh. This is like his theory of like, how do you know that I'm wrong about the flat earth? I've never been to England. I'm like, dude, I've been to England like fucking eight times. Yeah, but he has to believe you. Yeah, and the ocean doesn't just end. Like, when you fly. Yeah. Well, now, you know what flat earthers believe? What some that I've seen is that that the it's not that it ends and the water just, like, falls off, right? It's that there are more lands that we are not allowed to know about. <laughs> this sounds like a movie. People Actually, I do. I like that sounds one. Like I was of thinking of writing a story based on that idea that it we actually like... are on a flat earth and people find a way through do you remember the, for, like the Forbidden Run, Zone man. in the Planet of the Apes? Yeah. No, you can't go there. Yeah. They had bleeding statues and shit. Well, the, that those were the those were the um, images that were being sent up from the mutant humans. Yeah. Under beneath the Planet of the Apes, because we're go. all talking about the second one, right? Yeah. The Forbidden Zone. But I think that's when Charlton Heston finds the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Right. It's after that. He finds the Statue of Liberty at the very, very at end. the very it's end. The but last no, but shot of the first movie. Him yeah. getting. To the Forbidden Zone, and then that's where they find the cave with all the human. Oh, yeah, okay, dolls sure, and sure. That's, I think that's right. Are they? Do they actually call it the Forbidden Zone? In yeah, because the, Doctor Zira and. But it wasn't forbidden because Zayus. they were actually doing an archaeological <laughs> dig there. Doctor what? Job. Good job, Doctor Dipcone. Doctor Zahes Dipcone. Kira Cornelius. Do we need to bring up the sub shop? One minute. Yeah, yeah for, we got a little more time. So we got time for dip cones. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Kinder's got dip cones. I've seen them. <laughs> I've got silver dollars. <laughs> no, so we worked at this. Mark and I worked for a while at this restaurant called the Sub Shop in downtown. We worked restaurant. in Linwood, a sandwich joint. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually thought it was weird that he's at a restaurant. Whatever sandwich okay. joint. <laughs> And we worked, we worked there for a while. And, and I suppose you were a sandwich, sandwich artist? No, that's, a, yeah. that's Subway. No. Oh, Jesus, tough crowd. <laughs> no, they, they call uh, well, there, bro- was, there was one member of Dempsey who was not a sandwich artist. <laughs> they yeah, and he got, he no, got I had to fire him. Sandwich artists work at Subway. Subway yep. So I think the sub shop would have come like bread painters. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyhow, we'll, we'll just gloss over Soto in this episode. Um, <laughs> We're we're working for this guy, this awesome family. Yeah, and we get our friend Ben from Dempsey a job, mm-hmm. and 
I think he, I think he was actually better. I think he had been working at the Gap, and that job. I, I, better, no, I think the Gap came after because he was like, "Go on, go on." Either way, yeah. the Gap suited him better than Sub Shop. He, yeah, well, he once he once he left, and we'll get to this. Uh, he was like, "I'm not ashamed of the way I left the fucking sandwich shop. I'm working at the Gap now." <laughs> like, it was a, it was an upgrade, and he was just kind of shaming us. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed. I fucking can't turn but, on the soda machine. So Mark and I would be running the registers, and when it would get super busy, you get you know 30 people on each line, and so we'd sometimes fuck with Ben by writing down somebody's name wrong. You, had, so to, you had to call you, somebody's name for a sandwich. So Dave, he, he sandwich was at right. the very beginning of the, or he was at the very end, which is where you start when you are a new employee. So he's the guy giving out the food, going, uh, George? George? <laughs> number nine? George? Half number nine on wheat? George? <laughs> and so there was a guy named Goober. Uh-huh. And Goober comes in, and I think Mark writes his name down as Goober. And so we're like, we're knee deep in all these customers, but we're watching <laughs> diagonally with our peripheral, like watching as that sandwich makes its way over there. And he's like, you fuckers. <laughs> and he wouldn't call it out. So it, the sandwich sat there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. He wouldn't because he, he just couldn't say the name. He thought he, we were fucking We were him. always sending him fake names. So he'd be down there and be like, Murph, Murph, sandwich, uh, number five, Murph. Well, so that's why he started and actually would, calling out the sandwich too. But Yeah. And his job was to make soup. <laughs> <laughs> soup and hand a sandwich to a human being and, the, and the, reading their name, so I mean that's a that, that is you guys are just telling another version of the boy who cried wolf. I don't know, and we're just fucking with Ben, man. It was yeah, like, no, you we're, tricked him a bunch of times, and we then, then he him. wouldn't do it again. Oh yeah, yeah, but there was a real guy named Goober. It was sort of like you know <laughs> that, that yeah, yeah. There's so a real he gets it and he's like in the you guys end of the, with me. I'm not in the end of the story. Name. There's a real wolf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. We were just punking him. Well, then, is there any more before... No, but so... <laughs> so you, know, you fired him for it? Well, no, this oh. is like months and months, and then all of a sudden, one day, Ken, the owner, comes in and goes, Mark, your friend... What, what's he say? <laughs> that your friend's no good. He doesn't do anything. Uh, he's lazy. I don't know. Every Everything you would maybe fire somebody for. Uh, he, I can't pay this kid for saying a name out loud and serving cup soup he can't even make soup so so <laughs> he didn't ken, have to make soup he just had to the ladle into a fucking container that's so, it so ken just goes you have to fire him yeah so, and then <laughs> that's to me right oh yeah because well, <laughs> it was your friend yeah i got him the job and, and the cool thing th- this is weird too well i the rat soon after that i ended up uh we went on tour i left sub shop worked in another place for a little bit and then ended up in new york and i had no idea that like dan dean ended up working there like, wasn't there, like, a bunch of fucking hardcore kids that all ended up getting this job? I think Bill Quimby used to work next yeah. door. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody will get the facts. But, so, yeah, Ken's like, T- you gotta fire your friend today. I'm like, oh, well, you know, that sucks. And Ben might have been living with me at this point, or staying with me um, for a couple months. And uh, so we go to sit down, we have the same lunch, or he got off at this time, and, and I'm still working, but we're having lunch. And I'm like, so, Ben, what do you what do you think about this job, man? And he goes, oh, dude, totally fucking sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I just was like, well, that's good news, man, because Ken sent me out here to fire you, so you're fired. Uh, he wants, that's your last meal. Um, he wants you to, you don't have to pay for that one, but in the future, you're paying for all your food. Um, oh, no. All right, buddy. 
And then we just, we had like lunch and that's where the gap comes in where like he got, I believe it was after the sub so shop, he, he was like, better job. yeah, I'm, I'm much more suited to, you know, work at the gap than I'm not. A, he was always like, I'm not like, was it bad? You got fired. Like you're so fucking lame at soup and names that you get fired from a job. <laughs> and he's like, why would I be embarrassed about that, man? Like, I'm, I'm happy that, that I'm not like, I'm not that dude. Like, I'll go work somewhere else. Like you know? yeah, he turned it around and like put us down. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he he learned. You can make all the fucking sandwiches you want. Yeah. He learned an early lesson about back. about failing upwards. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. No. I mean, they're still there, right? Mm, she might be. Maybe. Okay. No, we're not. We'll gonna keep that between. Us. That was already enough talking shit about a particular person. No, there was. I walked into the back room one time, and somebody was urinating. Somewhere where they shouldn't be. Oh. And I was like, oh into my the, God. Into the no, food? No, no. A sink. Not in the food, but into a sink. But it was a prep sink. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to. That's not where cool. we serve food. You serve food no, in the prep sink? No, that's where I would cut onions. Yeah. I would if cut you, and peel <laughs> onions in that sink. You, okay, so if you cut and peel an onion running underwater, you're, you don't cry as much. It doesn't affect your. So that was the sink. You don't rub it around in the bottom of the sink, though. Before you put on the food. Yeah, but that still shouldn't give someone Dude, carte blanche to, to urinate in the sink. You got a 50-pound bag of onions, yeah, yeah. and you've got to and peel And a piss them. sink. Yeah, and then you're dunking them in the, in the water and then putting them in a container. Wait, they were... they. Let's make sure There's, we understand the story. They were pissing into standing water that was used for cleaning onions? No, no, no. It was just... It was an empty sink that wasn't being used at that moment. We'd but be done. at any given time of the day... I know. I'm just getting to the I could have the been details. back there yeah. peeling onions and getting them ready. And I just so happened to walk. It was more than one occasion. Oh, yeah. That I walked back there. He, he just didn't want to walk across the courtyard to use the bathroom. So and I'd be he, like, motherfucker, dude, you can't do that. We don't know who this person is. Oh, I do. He, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I'm not telling. Yeah. Just suffice to say, it wasn't Mark. I hope that you know wasn't who ben. the person was you were telling the story no, about. No, it's, it's not a hardcore person at all. That's it was totally Nobody fine. would know. No, don't even know what um, the sandwich place is, except that we t- told what the name was. Yeah. It was, um, it was, <laughs> what's the name? It's Subway number 523. <laughs> Subway. Wait, you kidding. said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We didn't work for Subway. Do we get to talk no, about that's why uh, you weren't a sandwich artist. How we got patted on the butt all the time? Yeah, he patted us on the butt too. The, the guy was a butt patter? Yeah, he said, good he, job. He, he, you keep saying it wheat. with an accent. Because he had an accent. Okay. He was not from here. Where was he from? Korea. Oh. And so I think the the he would. I don't know if that us. sounds like a Korean accent to me. We need you lots of open here to do the Asian accent. <laughs> That's true. He was probably one of the best bosses I've ever fucking had. He gave us he gave us free uh, money. Well, he gives money to. <laughs> well, yeah. he gives it's like he was giving you free money. He subsidized our transportation. So you wanted a bus pass, he gave you forty bucks every month. I lived on Cap Hill, so I just oh, walked down cool. and I got an extra, that was an 40, extra bucks. forty bucks. Yeah, that was like a day's work back yeah. then. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I mean, we're we're making six fifty an hour. You what? <laughs> I mean, I was making I was making eleven dollars an hour, and you were making four. What? No. Uh, so yeah, I think his patting in the butt was uh, maybe he, in my mind it was Good he job. he had been watching football. Sure. White and he was like, wheat. "This is how you this White is how you tell." Wheat. You know, and he would let us go on tour and come back and still have the job. So he was fucking fantastic. But there were some weird things of like, but dude, yeah, don't. Mm. You're my boss and you're smacking me on the ass like that's sexual harassment. <laughs> he actually, I think he knew before I did that I was leaving, that I was moving from Seattle. Because I kept telling everybody I was going on a two-month vacation. And it's been 21 years. So <laughs> the last day I worked there, he came out and he gave me an envelope with like 140 bucks cash. And that at that time, that was a lot of money. 
Yeah. That was like a week's pay. I don't know what it was, but it was a lot of money. He definitely never gave me money. He gave me money. Maybe Christmas. I'm and he was like, bonuses. have a good trip. And I never came back. Wow. Yeah. But it paid for all my gas. Uh, I, Tom Lefebvre and I drove down, paid for all my gas and all our food. And I think I had like 40 or 50 bucks left when I got to California. But cool. He was cool. Cool boss, but he liked to piss in the sink. <laughs> oh, okay. If someone listened to this whole thing, now they can put it all together. Yeah. Hey, man. Owner's prerogative. Yeah. I just worry that it's still there. Now somebody's going to be like, dude, I work in the Columbia Tower. Now. I mean, well, they didn't know it was in the Columbia Tower until you just said okay. that. See, I, now I have to do some. Well, who cares? Man? You know what? No, I can it put in. Subway. No, no, no. I actually, on, on the token Asian, I had Matt make some noises that we use to bleep out things that Matt says that are unacceptable. And we do that more often on his show. So I'll just bring in some Matt Matsuoka beeps and I'll beep out some, okay. like some of the names here. So it's, okay. it's safe. Yeah, he it was. Be. It was honestly, it was family owned, so I wouldn't want a, anybody to be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm never no. eating that at that restaurant again." Um, <laughs> that, that restaurant, they're fucking fantastic. I guess yeah, awesome. it probably is. That is great. I think we should probably call it, unless anybody has. We're coming up on the two hour mark. I don't know what it's going to edit down to, so I may edit Three out minutes. this part. <laughs> no, it's going to be pretty good, <laughs> guys. Um, we. Who knows what will happen in the future? There could be more roundtables. I'm going to expand with microphones one of these days so we can get some more people with their own mics. So we could do this again at some point. And I, I think, Mark, you like to like listen and then find things that didn't get talked about and that you want to address again. So we'll definitely bring you back in. <laughs> you wanna, I know what you're talking about now. Wait, you do? Maybe. <laughs> I did. What, what are you fucking talking about, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, like there, there'll be a reason to have you on again. Oh, yeah. No, I, we didn't even... There's so much stuff. You and I didn't finish our actual... Like, there's a Mark Part 2. Oh, yeah, for sure. But this group of people, we'll find a reason to get, you know... We'd have to... But we'll have to have some guidance. Call ahead and know where <laughs> we're all at and who's getting picked up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was there some confusion getting here today? Oh, boy. None. And I, <laughs> and I was the victim. Yeah, I feel... I feel you got Uber. I feel bad. You got Uber. Soto was the victim. He's the dip cone. He total <laughs> dip cone. He was. He's the transportation guy. Now it's a verb too, huh? It's an adjective. It's, it's whatever you want it to be. Well, we just we just say you're a dip cone. I didn't know you could get dip cone. Yeah, you just got dip coned. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that how it works? It would. Yeah, if yeah, it hadn't already me. happened, it would be happening right away. Dip cone's an actual person. He says you. We call, you know, everybody behind your back calls you dip cone. That's the actual so, statement. Everyone behind your back calls you dip cone. He says, you do you know what cone. they call you behind your back here? Dip cone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Straight up. That's what happened. That's the, that's the exact way? Yeah. So, Look at those red lines. Jesus. Nah, boy. <laughs> dip cone. <laughs> so I, so he's 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 reentering the store now, and I've told all the new managers, hey, you got to get this guy out of here. He's he's threatening to murder one of the employees, and and they're like, which guy? And I'm like, oh, Dipcone over there. So we call him Dipcone, but I don't think he knows. Right. So I want somebody I... to go up to him, or I want permission, <laughs> like from my boss, to be like, dude, today you get to kick out Dipcone, but I want to go up and be like, hey, Dipcone. And see what he does to me. <laughs> then, then it, it, it could get fucking. Yeah, be careful because you you know. Well, I know he can't bite down on me because he's missing all his fucking teeth. So, not worried about it. <laughs> we, this I don't think this was actually ever described in the podcast. So he's toothless. He's toothless. Maybe that's why he likes ice cream and dip cones. It's soft. <laughs> he might like pudding. 
<laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> but he likes uh, cans of chili, corn, <laughs> cream corn, mm. Mm. Oh, cream spinach. You ever mix? Uh, he's got a stick with a fucking red uh, bandana holding all his shit. Wow. You're saying he's got? No, a... he's not. He's not a hobo. <laughs> no, but that's. <laughs> I just started thinking like him eating, him outside eating corn, like a hobo sack. <laughs> yeah. Out of a he he heats it up. He 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 undoes the top of the tin can almost all the way, and then just flips the top up, yeah. and then sits it on a little hobo fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> totally what he does. I don't know. I don't know. But it's on Capitol Hill in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what the old party hall was like. Oh, that's so. Yeah, dude. So I we forgot about the the shooting at the party hall. Yeah. Shooting at the party hall. (laughs) Okay. If you've come this far, now you get to hear a story. How do you guys remember the shooting at the party hall? I wasn't there. Go for it. Go, Skittle Dick. Skittle dick, dip gum, get in. I think, I think, I think Mark. Had these are things detail. that these are okay. things that some. Oh, I told them this last night, so maybe I'll just forty-two. Get into it. Skittle dick, dip cone <laughs> hike. Um, but you guys are gonna have to corroborate. Yeah, <clears throat> party hall, twenty-first to Madison. What was it nineteen ninety? Which turned into the twilight exit. The first. You guys kind of talked about this a little bit on your episode, right? Probably. It's uh, it's born against Rorschach downcast. Okay. So yeah, my my, you guys did. Talk I thought about you guys this. played. Yeah, I thought Undertow played that. I don't know. Well, I maybe we'll find out. I'm ninety nine percent positive Undertow played. Okay, I just remember uh, there were some. We used to get beat up. It was a rough neighborhood. And uh, they beat up the kids that would go to the shows, and they'd also come in and steal the cash box at gunpoint. <clears throat> um, so that had been starting to happen. Yeah. And then at some point, the biggest dude, which is fucking rad, it's is it Orin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not around anymore. It's... Right. So he, in my recollection, him and some dudes were like, we're not having this anymore. We're going to go outside and we're going to fuck up. Uh, we're going to fuck up the <laughs> punk, rock punk rock kids. Dog fight. Hold for a minute. All right, go ahead. So yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to fight back and, and make all this robbing and shit in the, uh, out front. Kids were getting robbed out front as well. It was not safe to go to Dino's by yourself. Dino's is a store on the corner. <laughs> which is yeah. the corner convenience store, which was yeah. the owner of the party halls. He owned the yeah. whole block. So I just remember, uh, <clears throat> it was kind of this moment of like, cool, the punk rock kids are fighting back. And that's great. And so, uh, uh, but they come running back in pretty fucking quick. Well, no, yelling, you got to tell him he went outside. Oh, I don't know what he had. He had something I, big in his hands. He was like, fuck this shit. And there was a couple people that had bricks. Yeah. And what I remember is that they went out and they were like smashing the windshields on Cadillacs. <laughs> there were more than one Cadillac? I, it could have been one. But I just remember it was something crazy like that. And then all of a sudden somebody was like, oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And the So people... you're saying the shooting was a response to people smashing their cars? The, re- the, the smashing of the window was a response to get everybody getting fucked with and, you know, people stealing money from us and beating us up. Mm-hmm. So it was a logical, unlogical thing to do, but it made the, it compounded the, the... Right, but once you fight back then, or once whoever fights back, then all of a sudden guns come out and there was... Yeah. Was it, you saying there were three gunshots? No, I don't know. There was a bunch, but I just remember... Um, you know, people somebody, were like, they're running well, you, from the fucking houses right, like with guns. Yeah, like, was, somebody, like somebody told me, 
Yeah, somebody told me yeah. it was a Mac Ten like automatic thing. Yeah, but they were was, just spraying it in the yeah, air, not like, actually at people, but just it like, was a it was a I the the version I heard, and I'm inside, so I don't know this, but in my head, it's like a fucking standoff between two rival gangs. It's like fucking. It's uh, like Ice Cube in the, no. in, in, in <clears throat> Boys in the Hood when uh, he first pulls a gun out of the trunk. Uh, sharks and uh, what's that fucking the movie? Jets. Yeah. Sharks <laughs> no, it it just sounded like these dudes at one end of the street, these dudes at the other end of the street, and the punk rock kids have bricks and maybe breaking bottles. And I'm like, okay, we're all just gonna rumble this is in my head and somebody <laughs> and on the other side yeah somebody on the other side was like yeah let's go and just in my head well this is what i heard that he just pulled out a mac 10 which is like so everybody runs back into the party hall right yeah so but then you guys said bullets also hit party hall yeah i thought yeah, there, there was, was a few okay, so maybe was, it wasn't in the was air. actual bullet holes in the class like okay. like three wow yeah. okay so someone could have yeah. could have been shot yeah, yeah. oh yeah there was great probability that someone could have gotten shot. None of this is the way I heard it, but I wasn't there. I heard that someone threw a brick, and at the same time as a person got hit with the brick, a single gunshot went off, and people didn't know if the person fell because of the brick or because of a shot. That's And I was not there, so I don't remember. But that's, I'm, that's the only thing that I remember coming to me from this story. But then... Was the person who told me that story outside? How many people were outside? I heard that everyone was inside. So most of the people I know that had related the story just remember people running back in the door. Yeah. And then the police showed up. Mm. Is that right? I don't think they ever did, did no, they? No, I don't, I don't think the police ever... Did, were you were telling us last night the yeah. two guys... Dino, the... Dino, Dino came back in. Oh, it said stay in here? No. No, no, no this is great. <laughs> so I, we, we come back in. We're hiding underneath pool tables, right? Because Party Hall had all these pool tables. Someone right. might have peed their pants. I, I... <laughs> I was so fucking scared because they come, they come running back in. They've got guns. Everybody hide. So I'm picturing that somebody's gonna come in with a fucking gun right, right. and just start killing us. Yeah, yeah. And um, it took I, like two decades before that started happening. Yeah. And uh, and I remember like being so nervous or something. And and I was, I can't remember who I was with. It must have been like Murph. And we're kind of laughing like, holy fucking shit, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And I'm laughing so hard, I piss my pants. <laughs> Wait, you legitimately pissed your pants yeah. at that? Pants. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was like running down, but there was like, no, oh, somebody's. I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom and toss water and be like, "Fuck, I spilled a drink on my lap because there was enough piss." Okay, this is the question of the entire yeah. episode. This is the question of the podcast. It might be the question of our lives. How did you come out of that without a nickname? <laughs> that. That there night? was so much stuff that happened oh. before that that is I is that what it is? No you one would everything else was cover. No one noticed because th- there had just been. A I shooting. was probably wearing camos, you know, and it, it just looked like a fucking pattern of the camos. <laughs> just blended in. Yeah, but this is so. This is what happens. It felt like it was an eternity, and it probably wasn't that long. But uh, Dean was his name. Dino. Dino. Or, yeah. Okay, so Dino comes walking in, and he's got um, a real short robe on that's uh, leopard print, and he's wearing tighties, <laughs> and no no shirt. Just the robe. That's what you can do when you own a block. That, yeah, tidies that are also a cheetah print. Man, he was awesome, man. He was great. And he just—I just remember him walking in, going, "All right, everybody, you know everything's okay. Come on out, fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> no cops are called, from my recollection. It was just simply him being like he owned the entire block. Dino just cleared him off he, the block. He take saw it. something was going on, and he came down. He knew we were fucking no music's going on. Nobody's on the street, you know. But when he when he opens that door. That may have been the, the pissing oh. of like, oh, fuck, here comes somebody. I don't know. I know I pissed. 
<laughs> and I know Dino bold, came in and he was looking fucking admission. excellent, dude. He was he was looking like he was having a really fucking good night, you know, maybe in a jacuzzi. <laughs> oh, we know what happened in a jacuzzi. No hot tub for Dino. No, Dino Dino was definitely a jacuzzi man. He was great, man. You just go there, throw down seventy five bucks, you give you the key to the place, and just be like, here you go, kids, have fun. Like yeah. so easy. That's awesome. So oh, those were the days. Stuff. That was yeah. awesome, gentlemen. That's a good yeah. place to go out with it. Thank you all for coming out. Thanks Thank you. Us. Yeah. Well, there it is. That was a good time. All right. Thanks for listening. There is a bunch of stuff I got to get to for the notes on this episode for mistakes and omissions and what have you. It seems that more people in the room is a great opportunity to make more mistakes. Jumping right into it, we talked about who played the Jawbreaker show at the party hall. We were wrong. I'm going to just clear it up right now. I went ahead after this episode was recorded and put up on nobodiesnose.com a page that has all the photographs that I took that night at the Jawbreaker show in the party hall. And I also went out online and found a flyer from the show. Here are the bands that played. Jawbreaker, The Stench, Positive Greed, and Whipped. There was someone else. The flyer I have up on the site says Narrow View, but there's another flyer with another band name on there. Couldn't find that flyer before recording this for the episode. I don't think Narrow View played. I could be wrong, but there was one other band that day. But though for sure, it was The Stench, Positive Greed, and Whipped. Moving on, I said, is it Chomping at the Bit or something else? It is actually something else. It's Champing at the Bit. If you've ever said Chomping at the Bit as an expression, you're saying it wrong. And I've been saying it wrong, too champing at the bit so here's how it works the horse never bites a bit when you put a bit in a horse's mouth it goes like behind the teeth and so champing means grinding the teeth against the bit so it would be the edge of the teeth it's not biting it's a grinding thing so it's not chomping chomping would be biting if a horse could chomp on the bit the bit would be in improperly champing at the bit is like you know, being annoyed by it and grinding your teeth against it. So, even though it's weird and it doesn't sound right, it is champing at the bit. Moving on, we didn't know if the dwarves were from Seattle or somewhere else. I think I thought they were from somewhere else. But yes, they were from somewhere else. They were from Chicago at the time, and they're now based in San Francisco. Um, at one point, uh, when we're looking at Lex's list, I say RTT, and I didn't know what it meant. And that's dumb. Like, it occurred to me right afterwards. It's Ricky Ticky Tabby. It was Lex's band. Of course, he's going to put RTT as a note. RTT, Ricky Ticky Tabby. They have a 7-inch out. You should get it. Here is the big mystery. I think it's solved now. I went to Facebook to try to solve this, and it was weird. I got weird results. Okay, so we talk, and I've talked about this before. I talk about when Pinhead Gunpowder played at the Jalapeno House in the U District in, I believe, fall of 1993, that there was a situation where a song was being played on a radio, on the stereo in the house and Aaron Comitbus heard the song and kind of got annoyed and went over and either told them to turn it off or turned it off himself and I thought that I had either heard or someone told me that the lyrics were something about Aaron Comitbus and Courtney Love and I thought they were every boy wants to be Aaron Comitbus every girl wants to be Courtney Love something like that so I went to Facebook and a bunch of people didn't know what I was talking about and there were suggestions that maybe I had imagined it or it was just over over the years mixing up the fact that Aaron Comitbus was there that night and apparently Courtney Love had tried to come to that show and they wouldn't let her in there was some story about that and I don't I don't really remember that so I started thinking it was all in my head, but then 
a friend chimed in and said that she remembered the song I was talking about. And she thought it was, if I was a boy, I would be Aaron Comibus. If I were a girl, I would be Courtney Love. And that does kind of sound familiar. And she said she was sure the song existed. And then, totally separate from that, a couple people chimed in and said it was a band that was on Lookout called Raul. And I went and listened to Raul on YouTube, and I listened to it, and it was just punk rock with screaming, with female screaming lyrics. It didn't sound right to me. So the first person put up Raul. It was Kelly Ockengay, the guy whose house it was where we were at the show. He said, I think it was Raul. He didn't say he remembered the situation. He just thought he remembered the song. But I went and listened, and I thought, no. Then someone chimed in that they remember the exact scenario. They remember Aaron getting upset about the song. So someone else witnessed it. It wasn't just in my head. This thing did happen. Okay, another person chimes in that it's Raul. I said it can't be Raul. I just went and listened to it. But I didn't spend a lot of time on it. So I went and listened to it again. And here's what I discovered. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling and screaming. But in the first song of the 7-inch, a song called Anna Joy from the fresh and nubile 7-inch on Lookout Records, the chorus slows down and they kind of sing it. And it says, I believe it says, every girl wants to be Anna Joy. Every boy wants to be Aaron Comibus or wants to look like Aaron Comibus. And then in the next chorus, they say, wants to smell like Aaron Comibus. And suddenly it makes sense. It had the same phrasing. It sounded like what I remember hearing. And the smell like Aaron Comet bus thing, I mean, maybe he was annoyed by that. Maybe he didn't like it. So, mystery solved, right? No. Even though I think that it's Raul, and I think it's the song Anna Joy, and maybe my friend Bill was right, and I'm only thinking Courtney Love because of something else involving Courtney Love that night. Even though all of that seems to make sense, I still have another friend out there now who claims that they remembered that there's a song that had Aaron Comet name and Courtney Love's name in the chorus. They think they were more of an indie rock band. Someone chimed in and suggested the band That Dog, although I don't believe that's who it is, but they thought it was something like that. So weirdly, now the mystery is, are there two songs that talk about Aaron Comet in that way in the chorus, or is it just Raul? Because I have verified that Raul did have most of the chorus that I thought I heard. And I know the situation happened. It's been verified by other eyes. It wasn't just me dreaming, twisting my memory over the years. Okay, moving on. And this is going to be a long one, so I'm still going to talk about my books at the end of this. So hold on. Uh, at one point, I say, it's like Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood when he pulls the gun out of the trunk. That doesn't happen. Ice Cube doesn't pull a gun out of a trunk in Boys in the Hood. Ice Cube lifts up his shirt, and he's got a gun in his waistband. And then I think one of the other actors... Uh, says, can't we have a night where someone doesn't get shot? And then after that, one of the guys that Cube is having a problem with, he goes back to the trunk of his car and he pulls out a machine gun and starts firing it off and everybody runs. So I just merged those things together. It was incorrect, as I am frequently. All right, so I think that's it in terms of corrections, although there's probably more to be made. The Another thing I wanted to talk about was Sparkmarker. Now, we bring up Sparkmarker a lot on this show. We haven't had anyone from Sparkmarker on the podcast yet, but Sparkmarker were awesome. And Indecision Records made the brilliant decision to re-release Sparkmarker's products and accessories record, which prior to this had only been available on CD. They just released it on vinyl. Limited edition, colored vinyl, double LP, beautiful, incredible songs. Available now from Indecision. This is just before Christmas 2017. I just was on the website and there were copies still available. So if you don't have your copy, go get one. 
You will not be disappointed. If you know Sparkmarker already, you know you should have this thing. So do that. Yeah, and eventually I'm going to get somebody on here. It's going to be good. All right, moving on, moving away from those things and on to me advertising myself to you again. I talked to you at the beginning of the episode a little bit about Shadow Killer, my novella set in the Wool universe. Okay, that's one thing that I released. I've also released three of my screenplays in ebook format. Now, if you've never read a screenplay, it's different than a book. It's like a, a framework for a story. So essentially, you see a scene heading, which sets the time of day and the location. Then there'll be a little bit of description to describe where the characters are and who's there. And then dialogue. So you end up kind of directing what things look like in your mind. When you read a screenplay, you become the director in your own head. So it's not quite as fleshed out. So the three screenplays that I published through Amazon are Laced Up, which is a horror film set in the Pacific Northwest. It's a punk rock movie. It takes place in and around Seattle, and it essentially deals with the idea of a bunch of skinheads that kind of invade the area a little bit. They show up, everyone's uncomfortable with them, and there's a evil secret behind them. They're actually creatures. It's a horror film. It has a lot of action in it. They're not zombies. They're not vampires. They're something else. They're trouble. It's fun. This was one I actually thought that I could make. Haven't done it yet, doesn't mean it won't happen. The second one is a thing called Z-Rex that some of you may have heard me talk about before. Z-Rex is a zombie dinosaur movie. Once again, it's kind of an action horror thing. It has to do with a clone T-Rex that the science, the secret science facility it is in gets overrun by a zombie virus from a totally different experiment and the Z-Rex ends up becoming infected and leading a horde of infected lab technicians against our heroes. And there's a lot of other weird sciencey stuff in there that gets mixed up in the mix. It's got trained hunting dogs with cameras on their heads. So we get a lot of interesting views of the creatures and the um, encounters that they have in this secret facility as they're trying to. Well, our hero goes in and tries to rescue some people that are trapped inside and get them out because they're so valuable. This thing, seriously, I wrote it because I thought the title was funny and I thought, hey, write something that would be like a uh, sci-fi channel original motion picture. You know what those things are like, right? Like the wild crocodile versus, you know. If you don't know, just ignore the next minute or so. Anyway, I did. I wrote one like that with the idea that that would be the kind of level of fun you'd have with it level of seriousness and then of course it ended up getting more serious than I expected so there's some moments in that thing that I like I think it's fun and entertaining all the way through if, if you think you'd like to read a zombie dinosaur action film horror thing sci-fi then definitely check it out and then the third one is one I'm very proud of as absurd as it may sound it's called snake fighter the legend of saint patrick and yep it is an action film a historic fantasy historical fantasy it sounds like hysterical maybe depends on your point of view it is um it's the story of saint patrick with kind of a beast master conan meets braveheart kind of vibe to it there's a lot of action and killing and um sword play and my saint patrick is a lot different than the idea of saint patrick that you may have if you have an idea of saint patrick at all it, basically what happened is i started researching saint patrick on a whim and discovered that the saint patrick story is a whole bunch of bs there is no truth, really, to what people think is St. Patrick, like what St. Patrick was. Because St. Patrick is kind of a made-up guy who's a mix of, they think, three different individuals who lived across like 200 years. 
and you just attribute various things that these three guys did and you say, ah, let's just make it one person, like one superhero Christian saint kind of guy. And that's not, that's not my St. Patrick. My story takes into account that three people could have been involved, but we focus on the guy in the middle, the guy named Patrick, the guy who's just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time and does what he has to do. And he ends up leading villagers in Ireland against a, a snake cult, basically a demonic snake cult. Let's call it that close enough. Read and find out what it is. It's, uh, you know, St. Patrick drove the snakes from Ireland. Yeah. Well, maybe he, maybe he fought snake cultists. Why not? It's a lot of fun. I bring almost every character in there. There's a few that I cut from whole cloth, but almost every character in there is pulled from Irish legend. And most of them to this day, it is said that they're connected to Patrick in some way, which is also impossible. St. Bridget plays heavily into it. St. Bridget's cross. There's a story about St. Bridget's cross. I go ahead and twist that thing up. You'll see. I think all three of these scripts are fun. I think they'd make good movies. But if nothing else, you could go to Amazon for Kindle. You can go to the Kindle store. You can find these stories. Find my author page. I write under the name David R. Larson. If you go to the webpage for this episode of the podcast on nobody'snose.com, they'll have links to find my writer's website and to find your way there. Pick a couple of these up. Let me know what you think about them. Leave me reviews. Um, yeah, and I will be I will be publishing more in the future. Probably not screenplays. I just got myself established on there with the screenplays, but I have more writing work that's going to be done. I'm going to do some more in Hugh Howey's Wool World in the Silo Saga. I have a trilogy that follows up my Shadow Killer book. And I've got some other things. I've got some things that I've plotted out to be screenplays that I think they might make better books. Screenplays, books, all of this. Videos. I'm going to be doing tons of things in the future. So, And podcasts. There's going to be more podcasts. More coming soon. Coming soon might mean a week. Coming soon might mean six months. So... They'll be there when they're there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you all, and uh, I'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of the Nobody's Knows Podcast Network. Executive producers David R. Larson and K. Drake Streetman. Music for this episode provided by Polymorph from the record Artifacts, Demos, and Debris.